Yo, this is Sam's Sports Podcast. It is Tuesday, November 22nd, 2016. I hope everybody's getting excited for upcoming Thanksgiving. I hope you are as well. I hope things are good. I'm back on the show to have Shaka and I break down week 11. Shaka, how are you feeling today? I'm feeling pretty good. Um, I got some bad news for you, Sam. What's up, I brother? I think this is going to be my last appearance on the show because I have a few auditions coming up for NFL kicker jobs. Oh, so, damn. You got to go, got to go. I mean, it's looking pretty look pretty grim. They need someone out there. They need a sure foot out there. I can understand. I can understand, especially after um, the record-breaking number of extra points that were missed this past weekend. It was pretty... Uh, Shocking to say the least. It's and dude, now they're talking about how analytics are saying that like going for two is actually like more efficient or or proves to get more points than kicking an extra point. And now they're moving the extra points back. Like, dude, you know what? I understand. I would be more than happy if you got the job as the kicker for the Minnesota Vikings. Who would have ever thought that the NFL front office saying let's mix it up a little bit would result in so much damn kicker turmoil all of a sudden it's actually a topic of conversation i mean i think that's what they wanted i think they wanted to make it less of an automatic thing and i mean in some regard what the hell did they think was going to happen like did you think that the kickers were going to become better like when they moved it back further i I don't know what i honestly i don't think i really gave it much of a thought but it's pretty gnarly to watch of all things, this week, uh, Robert Aguayo from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is actually 4 for 4 He probably had the most trouble this year getting um, extra points. Yeah, yeah. of all the guys, he was the guy who was, who was money in the bank this year. I, or, at least, or at least this past Sunday, because this year he has not been money in the bank. It's been, it's been interesting to watch, to say the least. A lot of people are going to lose their kicking jobs by the time the season's over. Well, I nominate you, man, because uh, if, <laughs> if you need to go roll up there and just kick a few extra points for the, you know, the Giants because they got another kicker who's beating his wife, you know, I understand. I get it. Hey, if, uh, you know what? It's good. It'll feed my family. I'm all for it. Dude, when opportunity comes a knocking, Shaka will kick your extra point. So we got to start out with my Eagles because your Jets were on a bye, so we can't talk about the Jets. But thankfully, so uh, we'll talk about your Jets in a minute about how they want to go back to Ryan Fitzpatrick. We'll get there in a second. Oh God. Um, but the Eagles, so they lost to the Seahawks. Um, t- I got to throw out some initial comments because they are my Eagles. So I thought the first half the Eagles looked good. They they put on a good show. They had a nice game plan. But the truth is, the Seahawks are one of the best teams in the league. They are a well-oiled machine. They do everything so well on defense, and actually pretty darn well on offense as well. And, you know, the Eagles, they they kept it together for like a half. In the second half, the Seahawks just ripped them apart like a rabid dog with a rag doll. I mean... The, the the Legion of Boom, there was a couple of interceptions where I don't think they were all Carson Wentz's faults, but he really let it, he, he aired it out, and Richard Sherman was, just went and got it. And then to go a step further, you had the running game, which kind of, which was, I think, really the strong part of the Eagles' offense, really fell apart when both Ryan Matthews and Darren Sproles got hurt. And now we also got to start talking about the fact that Nelson Aguilar, I mean, did you, I don't know if you heard about this, but there was a beautiful, beautiful 57-yard catch-and-run touchdown by Zach Ertz 
that was negated because of a dumb little penalty on Nelson Aguilar not lining up on the line of scrimmage properly. Oh, I missed that. I did not see that. It was probably one of the most painful parts of the game because it was a mo- it was a moment when the Eagles had a chance to like tie the game or I think go ahead by a point. They would have stayed in it, but instead, you know, they had to punt it. Seahawks get the ball back, and then by the second half, I mean the Seahawks offense was putting on a show. I don't know if you heard about this, but the flea flicker to Doug Baldwin where he threw a touchdown pass to Russell Wilson. I, I, I saw that. that I was- mean, wow. It's listen. I've I got a lot of things to say about this game, but let me let me hear some of your thoughts on this game. Well, useless fact. Um, right before Doug Baldwin threw that touchdown pass, uh, when he heard the call in the huddle, according to Deadspin, and I think it's video, he turns around and looks at the offensive coordinator and flipped him the bird, <laughs> double bird, basically saying because the joke is that he always wants to get the football in the red zone, <laughs> so he flipped the coordinator off, saying like "fuck you" because you know now I have to give the ball. Now you have to have you're gonna have me throw it to the quarterback. Come on, man. So I thought that was pretty damn hilarious. But um, honestly, you're absolutely right in saying that the Seahawks are one of the the best teams in the NFL, and I think they kind of shook the rust off. And we've been seeing the the Russell Wilson and the Baldwin connection kind Mm -hmm. of rising back to that prominence they had in the second half of last Mm -hmm. year. There were a couple times looking at Doug Baldwin out there, just a man possessed. Yeah, I mean, I, I love watching that guy play because he's so emotional, and so fiery, and it's absolutely what Russell Wilson needs out there. He's so great in the pocket, but he just at the end of the day, he needs someone who can kind of go out there and be, you know, uh, be brave. Yeah, he kind of needs catch, like catch pass. he needs like the version of him catching the ball. Like Doug Baldwin is kind of like a version of Russell Wilson, where they're. You know, listen, everything on, on, on paper, Russell Wilson is kind of underrated. You know what I mean? Like, he's too short, he, he you know, he scrambles too, but he just wins and he's amazing. Same thing with Doug Baldwin. His numbers are not gaudy. He doesn't do anything really brilliant or breathtaking. He just steps up and makes plays when he needs he to make plays. Open. There was a particular catch in this game where he double coverage and he'd gotten by both defenders and still made the catch, and I, I just blinked. And he's not, again, Baldwin's not a speedy guy. He's not going to outrun you for the touchdown, but no. he's going to find ways to create that separation. And there's this time and time again in this game where there's big catches. He only had four catches, but he had yeah. 104 yards. Didn't matter. Those so, He had big catches when he, when they mattered. I like to call them the bailout plays. You know, you just need a guy to kind of spring you out of jail. And every time the Seahawks needed a big play, Baldwin was there. And also Jimmy Graham had a couple big yeah, catches, man. but it was mostly a Baldwin, Baldwin affair. But Dude. one thing I wanted to point out this week. Okay. The injuries. Yes. TJ Prospice had just finally kind of emerged. Oh. like, hey, guys, it's my starting job. Painful. He, he had that big, big touchdown run in the first half. I think it was like 70 yards. It was, it was beautiful. And, and he's out for the season now with a broken scapula or yep. fibula or yes. something. He, it was a scapula. It's the same thing that Dante Moncrief had. It's a shoulder. But just, I mean, just a, a rough – it's really unfortunate. I kind of feel for the guy because – he was just showing that he fit perfectly in the kind of offense the Seahawks run where they want a guy who can catch the ball out of the backfield as well as give you like a good north to south run. Yeah. So it's it's disappointing because you nailed it, man. He was really coming on strong. I think he was a major reason why the Seahawks cut Christian Michael. And yes. you know, now I mean, in a positive way, 
you know, before ProSize got hurt, Thomas Rawls came back, man. And Thomas Rawls was running hard. He looked good. And listen, we're talking about fantasy implications. Thomas Rawls is a number one pickup right now. And that's amazing if he's still on the, the waiver wire because I think there's a lot of questions about whether or not ProSize was even going to get another start. And he did. Unfortunately for him, it was his last start. In the yeah, season. just, just sad. Rawls, if he's still on the waiver wire, you should go check. Because uh, what an opportunity to pick up a a big time tough running back for uh, a Seahawks team that will definitely run the football yes. at least twenty times a game. Yes. So and you know is out there. to to talk more about the mistakes that the Eagles made in the second half. This, this was the thing that really kind of separated the men from the boys with me regarding the Eagles because in the second half, all right, I think one of the hallmarks of the Eagles team at least is A, their defense, and their front seven. Being able to rush the passer, being able to collapse the offensive line of the offense. And, you know, we've talked a lot about the offensive line for the Seahawks is is one of their weak points. Well, the front seven pushed around the Seattle offensive line, but Seattle held their own, and every opportunity when the offense, or when the, uh, the Eagles defense started to make an impression, Russell Wilson would just roll out of the pocket, He'd step up in the pocket, he'd move out of the pocket, and he'd get the throw off. I mean, dude, there is there is a touchdown that he threw to Jimmy Graham, which was absolute magic. There is nothing in the world that should have said this play worked. The offensive line fell apart. The pocket collapsed. Russell Wilson rolls out of the pocket. He's about to get tackled, and he just sort of lobbed it. A little downfield to Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham kind of... Saw, you know, he came back a little bit, got the ball, ran it in for a touchdown. I'm sitting there going, dude, there's no way you can beat this team. They are clicking on all cylinders. Even their weaknesses, they were taking advantage of in those moments. I, I mean, the Eagles... I think... I mean, sorry, I don't... Go ahead, go ahead, please. I think that's actually when Russell Wilson is at his best, is the, the, those moments where the pocket collapses. That kind of improv moment. We didn't see a lot of it in the first half because he was so injured. He had those banged up ankles and he had knee injury. Yeah. So he really wasn't, I think he was probably a little more tender and he wasn't moving with that same kind of uh, that urgency mm-hmm. that you normally see him with. So he's, a little, he's much healthier now and I think the, the results of that, that pocket scramble, the breakdown, he's, he's keying in on those receivers. So I, I think the surprise for you is kind of like the routine for him. This is what he kind of wants. Yeah. So a guy like Doug Baldwin who kind of has like a psychic connection with him. Yeah. You know, knows to keep moving, not to just stand around on the field to kind of make sure you create separation because you never know when Wilson's looking your way mm-hmm. to hit you with that, you know, that third and third and three or, you know, four, fourth and 11 pass. I mean, the, dude, this Seahawks team, they are coming on strong at the right time in, in November, early December, when they need to get ready for the playoffs, this team is clicking on all cylinders. The um the last thing I'll say before we move on because we've been on the game I could talk about the Eagles all I could talk about them for three hours um, <laughs> is uh so we talked running back situation for the Seahawks absolutely but running back situation for the Eagles as well Ryan Matthews and Darren Sproles are both hurt right now we're talking about Wendell Smallwood man Wendell Smallwood might get the starting nod um, I think he's certainly going to be in the mix with Kenyon Barner but yo. Fantasy players out there, Wendell Smallwood, you got to seriously consider him as a fantasy pickup because somebody's going to have to run the ball on this Eagles offense. And the truth of the matter is, you know, I don't think Carson Wentz is bad, but this passing game is not where it needs to be. It's not where it needs to be. Maybe it'll be better in a year or two, but their receiving core is poor. 
So they're going to rely heavily on being able to run the ball. That means a lot of Wendell Smallwood, and I think he's a big waiver wire pickup right up there with Thomas Rawls. I, I'm glad you kind of keyed in on that. Um, it's, it's something obviously we can talk about all day is the, just at the end of the day, the Eagles needing to address uh, the wide receiver position. It's but bad. it's not something that's going to happen this year. And I, I think we'll see uh, Carson Lewis fully come into bloom when they finally have, I mean, for, for lack of better words, they have possession receivers. Yeah. All their, their receivers are possession receivers. Yeah. Aguilar is a guy I would like to think of yeah. as maybe having a higher ceiling, but he just doesn't have the discipline. And who knows if he's even going to be with the team. Yeah, there's there. I'm hearing rumblings that they want to reduce his workload. Like, I have a, he might not be back next year. So it's a wasted opportunity for him. So, but I think definitely one of the needs they maybe have to go after the guy in free agency or draft a project definitely wide receiver to right. help out but yeah um, I'm excited to see Wendell Smallwood in uh, a feature back role uh, hopefully just a full game he gets 20 carries and they can kind of you know really process this because Ryan Matthews has flashes of brilliance yeah but for the most part I think kind of his tenure with uh with the Eagles has kind of been a disappointment to me at least. Yeah, he's, I mean, he is He is the the poster boy for almost there, you know? Yeah. Uh, let's get away from this game. Um, let's, uh, real quick, I'm going to give you a couple of minutes here just so you can get on your soapbox. Tell me how you feel about Ryan Fitzpatrick being the starting quarterback again. To be perfectly honest, I'm kind of conflicted. In a sense, I can see it as, I don't want to put the, the term saving face to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the Patriots, but I, I get it. He, putting a Bryce Petty, who has one NFL start, up against uh, a, a Patriots team where Bill Belichick is the master of schemes and mm-hmm. changing, you know, shifting offensive plays, and basically, I it's it's a subterfuge. It's not putting him up there with a guy who's going to put out a bunch of different defensive packages, mainly because he knows his guys can adjust to any situation, mm-hmm. but more so to make a Bryce Petty confused and to make mistakes. I guarantee you put a Bryce Petty in against the Patriots defense, it's not that great one, but you put in enough packages and defensive looks and shifts that it will throw him off and throw his confidence off, and it will make that Patriots defense look great. Mm-hmm. Probably throw two picks, maybe um, crumble under the pressure a little bit, I think. So honestly, I think... You need a steadier hand, and granted, Ryan Fitzpatrick is not the best guy. I would say I would still rather have an NFL tenured veteran yeah. to go up against a Patriots. Like we're talking, we're talking Bill Belichick, and the truth of the matter is, if anything, this is a mercy move by the coaches saying, "Listen, we're just not going to throw Bryce out there. It's it's just it's not right for us to put him in that position. He's not ready, and we don't want to lose face." So, yeah, I, I completely – and this is the one time where I look at the coaching decision and go, you know what, it's actually a damn good idea. It's something I've had in the back of my mind thinking about Barsetti going up against the Patriots defense. Mm-hmm. But this is kind of waving the white flag. One is, yes, the season's over. And two, we'd rather you look at game footage instead of having you under center for this kind of uh, – this mental task. Okay. So, it's okay. a smart move. Okay, I, I, I just I needed to hear your take on it, Chuck. I needed I you know I've got some thoughts of my own, but I mean you're the Jets guy, and I want your take on this because. Well, I'm curious to see what you think. I mean, I, I think it's probably wise because I think Bryce Petty looks really green. I think he's got a lot of learning to do. I think 
sometimes game action is not always the best way to learn. You know, getting hit a lot, getting throwing a lot of picks, you know, you're being put on the biggest stage and everybody's getting a chance to see your flaws. And, I mean, listen, even as bad as the Patriots' defense is, that is a team which will absolutely expose your weaknesses and take advantage of them. They will scheme directly into Bryce Petty's problems and they will figure out a way, and you said it, man, He'll make the Patriots' defense look fantastic. And, you know, this is a divisional game. It's divisional. Listen, I think they, uh, do they play the, do they play the Patriots again this season? I believe they do. I believe so. I don't think they played the Patriots at all yet. Yeah, so that means you got two games against the Patriots coming up. I mean, if anything, you know, this is a big, this is bigger than a starting quarterback. Like, I think Todd Bowles knows he's got to at least have a good showing. He's got to put his best foot forward and say, listen, you know what? Maybe when it's week 15 or 16 or 17 and the season is completely out of reach, then I'll let Bryce go out there and play against the Patriots. But right now, I got to have I got to have Shitzpatrick and Brandon Marshall. I got to have a chance to win this game. I think it's funny because I think if you put Bryce Petty out there two times this season, that's pretty much going to cost Todd Bowles a job. If it isn't already an issue, yeah. it would probably be sure to cost him his job. All right. Uh... Let's move on. Let's get we, let's get away from this. We're in the dark dungeons of listening to our Jets and Eagles lose games. Let's screw that. Let's um let's talk about the Cowboys and the Ravens. So the Cowboys beat the Ravens. They're rolling and continue to roll. They're officially nine and one and on a nine game winning streak. Um, this Cowboys team looks primed to win the Super Bowl at this point in time. Uh, their offense is doing everything that you want them to do. I mean. You look at their schedule and you look at the teams that they're going to be playing over the rest of the season. This Baltimore Ravens team was one of the tougher, you know, tougher matchups because, listen, the Ravens can't do shit on offense, but they've got a great defense. And this was one of the bigger tests for Ezekiel Elliott. He still ran all over the place. It wasn't breathtaking. It wasn't amazing. But he had 25 carries for 97 running yards. And, I mean, I think they held him to 24 rushing yards in the first half. But the second half, I mean... Dude, they're throwing the ball. Des Bryant had two touchdowns. I mean, Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott, they look like an unstoppable juggernaut at this point in time. Uh, give me some of your thoughts from this game, Shaka. Well, it's, it's frankly terrifying to look at Dak Prescott. And if you were someone who's not familiar with the, the NFL in general and you look at a Dak Prescott, you wouldn't think he was a rookie. No. In any way, shape, or form. Oh, my God, no. Seamless. I mean, just a seamless integration. It's the NFL. I don't know a goddamn thing about this guy. No. Before the NFL. I had no I had no idea who the hell the backup for Romo was. I mean, I thought it was gonna be Whedon. I thought maybe it would be Mark Sanchez. I mean, who'd have thought that they we remember how bad the backup situation was for the Cowboys last year. Oh my god. It was the reason they were four and twelve. And you turn and you look at what a difference a year makes and what a difference a new starting quarterback. A rookie starting quarterback who doesn't play like a damn rookie starting quarterback. Nope. So nope. I, I, it's. I mean, it feels it feels like they drafted Brooklyn. Russell Wilson. I, I mean, this 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 ready right out of the box guy who has just taken the mantle. And you know, I mean, if he keeps playing this way, I don't ever see Romo coming back ever. Which, in all in all concepts, it's completely understandable. It's. Even Romo seems kind of resigned as like you know it's it's a fair it's a fair play. Uh, he pretty much he wouldn't he wouldn't do anything differently himself. Yeah, I mean he can't he can't argue with nine and one. Nobody can argue with that. 
I can't remember last time I actually enjoyed watching a Cowboys game. I, I must have been a kid when, you know, your Detroit Aikman and your Michael Irvins and, you know, your Emmett Smith. You know, it's, you, were, you were the second person I've heard today, because I was listening to some sports talk radio as well on my way home from work, and you're the second person who said they're enjoying watching the Cowboys. They do everything right the way you want it to. They run the ball and they run it hard. Their offensive line imposes their will. And then when they run it as well as they do, it opens up play action. And then you've got Des Bryant. Got Des Bryant going down the field, catching amazing balls over defenders. And then you throw in Jason Witten. You throw in Cole Beasley. I mean, this team is an absolute force. And the defense, listen, this defense, Dallas defense is not brilliant. But they do every single thing they need to do to win the games in the right ways. They know how to shut down offenses. I mean, Rod Malinelli really knows how to get the defense to just play up, you know, above their talent level because they're dealing with suspensions. They're dealing with missing players. But Sean Lee has stayed healthy. You know, Brandon Carr. I mean, these these secondary players who who we were ready to cut. Are guys who are who are playing career years right now? I mean, I, I, I don't understand it. It's crazy. I think about. Do you know, like, you know those commercials that come on like a week or two after the Super Bowl, where they tell you you commemorative, you know, plate or video DVD that kind of has the highlights of the the season and the playoff run for whatever championship team there is. Sure. I just I just thought about you reeling off the names of like a Cole Beasley. You might be looking back and seeing a Super Bowl highlight film where Cole Beasley catches some big, crucial Super Bowl touchdown. Like a, like a third and 15 conversion in the, in the fourth quarter? Something ridiculous. But, I mean, it's just the the personnel that this Cowboys team has just works so well together. And just looking and thinking about Des Bryant coming back from injury and sitting right in and making them even more dangerous. Because now not only do you have to kind of focus a game plan around stopping a win, now you have Des Bryant, who's a savage on his own, Dude. regardless of who the quarterback is. I mean, how do you stop? How do you stop him on offense? I'm sitting here feeling like an idiot, thinking that Des Bryant was going to have trouble fitting in with Dak Prescott. I mean, it only was so a it was so a week or two, and now Des Bryant is he's fitting right in. All of a sudden, I mean, Dak Prescott's got more weapons around him. I, I... It's just that man that escalated quickly. All of a sudden, it, it's how do you prepare for this? The, it's, I'm, I'm speechless. I'm I mean, words. I mean, I think the Ravens. Let's you know talk a little bit about the Ravens here, because uh, you know we're just raving about the Cowboys. Is the Ravens? I think did everything they could. They started the game out. They went right down the field and they scored a touchdown. They clearly had a nice, yeah. game, you know, they had a nice play package whipped up for the beginning of the game. They went down the field. Terrence West ran it in. You know, it looked like it was going to be a game, and then the rest of the game was played out. And I mean. The Ravens did what they do. They're poor on offense. They couldn't make third downs. They couldn't really run the ball. And the, again, Cowboys defense, not brilliant, but getting stops when they need them. And Steve Smith was about the only guy who really showed up for this Ravens uh, wide receiver course. Steve motherfucking Smith. How the hell is this it guy still playing? It should be a little bit embarrassing for the Ravens that a guy who's been playing for 16 years, who's kind of in the twilight of his career and, you know, kind of got pushed out of... Uh, of a Panther territory is yeah. now your your best receiver, your he, possession receiver, he your is big, big receiver. Absolutely the best. And this is a guy who's coming back from an Achilles injury. Yes. At like age 37. He's 5'9". I think he's 5'9 on the, on the, on the bio chart. 5'9 is 5'10 if he's lucky. 
yeah. and still just so dominating. I heard on uh, ESPN he is the first uh, receiver who's 5'9 or shorter to catch uh, 10,000 catches. That just hats off to him. If he doesn't make the Hall of Fame, it's, it's a shame. It really is. No, dude, he's a shoo-in. He's, he's, he's a savage. He's a savage. Um, I, I don't know if there's anything else to talk about this game aside from the fact the Cowboys are just so damn good that every single every piece of their offense is working exactly as it should be. The only thing that could really derail them is injury. Knock on wood. I mean, that's the only yeah, thing. Um, um, I, I think the only thing I have to say is Steve Smith was on the waiver wire for me, so <laughs> he might be out there this week. He's worth a shot. He's still got it. Dude, he's he still can give you in a PPR league. He can give you points. Absolutely. I agree because, you know, I think with the injuries he's had over the course of the season, I think he's been dropped in a handful of leaves. Def- uh, definitely get your eyes up. Uh, a look out there. He's probably sitting there. He could be a nice pickup. He's going to be a valuable fantasy player, I think, for the rest of the season because the Ravens, listen, with as bad as that uh, AFC North is, they might be winning this division. And they might, you know, they're still going to be fighting for it all the way to the end of the season. So I think Steve Smith is going to be, uh, you know, he's going to be dream killing. He's going to be killing dreams for the rest of this fantasy season. That's true. And realistically, their run game is not that great. No, uh, I think not. they're trying to push Kenneth Dixon into a starting role probably for next year. Yeah. But it's not there yet. So they're, they're going to be a pass heavy offense. So. Yeah. I agree. I agree. And and considering they got Flacco under center, that that pass happy offense isn't as good as we all think it is. No, unfortunately. Uh, let's move on. Next game on the docket I want to talk about is the Green Bay Packers losing on Sunday night to the Washington Redskins. I've got some thoughts about this game, but Shaka, start us off. Tell us what you thought about that game. Yikes! Yeah. Um, I just had a conversation uh, over social media with a Packers fan. Ooh. And we were talking about... It's bad. This is, this is prior to the game. We were just talking about, you know... One, we were talking about the secondary needing a lot of work. They've had a lot of injuries. Mm-hmm. And Shields has, you know, had a concussion this year. And he's probably their best defender. Mm-hmm. And I was just saying... Don't panic. Things aren't that bad. You know, Aaron Rodgers is still playing at a high level. Mm-hmm. And really, they're just... They're victims of circumstances. They're just out there, yeah, to kind of do it. But then... They go out, and the Redskins just just kind of beat up on just them. Really. Pummeled the men. Kirk Cousins looked amazing out there. Dude, he really uh, did. Cousins. Like, do you do you think this is more of a statement about the Packers or the Redskins? It's funny you mention that because that was my other kind of. On the other hand, it, it's when you really think about the the Redskins package. They have Deshaun Jackson, mm-hmm. which when he's healthy and disciplined, he's. A nightmare to defend. You Absolutely. Got Crowder, mm-hmm. who's a great receiver. You got Jordan Reed, who is, in my opinion, arguably top three, if not the best tight end in football behind Gronk. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they shouldn't be this good with uh, Robert Kelly at the running back position, but he's been great mm-hmm. in the last three or four games. He's yeah. been really good. And again, Kirk Cousins. Not to mention Pierre Garçon, who's a great. Uh, possession receiver. They have a pretty good offense. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how much of it is the Redskins offense just working on all cylinders versus the Packers defense just being that bad. Yeah. Um, my thoughts are that this is more of a statement about the Packers defense. I think that, you know, doing what, letting, for, letting up 40 points two weeks in a row to the Redskins and the Indianapolis Colts. There's, it is time to panic. That's a serious... I think the Titans hung 40 points on them, too. The Tennessee Titans hung 40 points on them. Did they? I th- that, w- that had to have been earlier in the season. It's, it's, I think it happened maybe a couple weeks ago. I have to look. I think it was 
I think Mariota like put a show on him. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up while we're talking right now. But it's it's it, listen, this thing because you you nailed it. Aaron Rodgers is still throwing the ball. He's still got plenty of receivers. You know, they've got an issue with their running game, but you know that's kind of never really stopped Aaron Rodgers before. Oh, I'm sorry. You're absolutely right. They they let up 47 points on the Titans. They let up 31 points on the Indianapolis Colts. That's my mistake. Man. So Man, now, I, wow. this is a four-game losing streak where they let up 33 points, 31 points, 47 points, 42 points. That is bad. So I think you we can't really hang on that in Aaron Rodgers either. No, you cannot. You've got to hang that on the defense and poor defensive play at that. Washington, listen... I think I've got, the, the big things that I want to come out in this podcast are the fact that the Washington Redskins and the New York Giants have completely, I've, I've turned around my tune on them. Both of them I thought were bad at the beginning of the season. In years past, they've had really, really bad defenses. This year, man, New York Giants are 7-3, and three, Washington Redskins are 6-3-1, and one, and if they had made that, you know, chip shot of a kick in overtime in London, they'd also be 7-3. and three. So you've got, you've got these two teams, the Giants and the Redskins, who are stomping around in this brilliant NFC East with a 9-1 Dallas Cowboys team. These guys, you can't underestimate them. I think R. Kelly, who yeah, I, I heard someone say that the other day. Instead of Robert Kelly, they were like, on, you know, <laughs> listed on the, on the screen, it says R. Kelly. So it's like, so R. Kelly, I mean, this is not a surprise to me. They were so hyped about how well he was running the ball. They, liked, they said he was running it better than Matt Jones. And then the fact that he exploded, I mean exploded against a poor, poor Packers defense. I mean, they really had their way with him. And you were talking about the receiving core. Crowder, Deshaun Jackson, and Pierre Garçon all got into the end zone. I mean, yes, I think the Redskins offense is good, and I think they will continue to be good. That's, That's sort of not a surprise. But the Packers defense being so bad is really the thing that has come to light with this game because we can't trust their defense at all anymore. No, we can't. I I still think Crowder is going to be the guy to have. Uh, I think Robert Kelly uh, is going to be the guy to have moving forward. I'm, I'm expecting more of this from R. Kelly. Uh, And, um, you know, I still love Aaron Rodgers and the passing game for the Packers, but... I, d- I don't think the Packers are going to make the playoffs. I don't think they're going to win the division. I mean, if anything, yeah. you've got a Thanksgiving Day matchup against the Vikings and the Lions, who are both 6-4, and four, and it looks like right now the Lions are in the driver's seat. Which is bizarre to think of. Um, Dude, very bizarre. They, they, there's not much of a silver lining for the Packers. Uh, Jared Cook, their tight end, kind of had a pretty... He had a pretty good game. He had a good game. He, he finally he finally had a, a worthwhile performance this season. The only shame of it is, after all of this great play, he had an atrocious fumble. Right. Yeah. He he had a ton of targets in this game. I think there. I don't know if that's just a lack of uh, options available, but uh, he he balled out this game. Uh, and hopefully, he can kind of continue. But they they need something on defense. I don't know what they're going to do to kind of regroup and and get it together, but it, it's looking like things are going to be slipping away from them that quickly. Yeah, uh, a good point with Jared Cook, because if he continues to play the way he does, which I think he may, uh, because I you know, I think he's a, a solid tight end option for, for Aaron Rodgers when he always wants one, and, and Richard Rodgers hasn't, you know, he hasn't, he hasn't been in the mix as much this season. I think Jared Goff can be a really nice tight end pickup. I want to see another week, though. I want to see what he does in the following week. Um, Agreed. But, you know, from a fantasy standpoint, nothing really changes for me on the Packers' side. Um, nothing really changes for me say, on the Redskins. I'm, I'm just remembering um, Zach Miller is out for the season now. 
Oh, yeah, that's right, on the Chicago Bears. Which, again, I'm, I've got so many fantasy injuries from this oh. past weekend. It's, it's ridiculous. I just remember Zach Miller's out for the season, so I need to have him replaced. I, I don't even know if I'd roll the dice on Cook. If there's nothing else available, I mean, Dennis Pitt is always kind of a safe option. But yeah. If you're, if you're trying to put some points on the, on the board, and the Packers are probably going to be playing from behind every game. Yeah, they will. It might be a worthwhile risk. I mean, if anything, the Packers are trending upward from a fantasy perspective, but not from an NFL perspective. Yeah, that's not good. Um, is there anything else we need to take away in this game? You want to move on? Uh, James Starks is back to play running back. Yes. For, for them. Um, he didn't have a great day rushing the football, but he still catches the ball out of the backfield pretty well. Yeah, he's, so he's also a pretty solid fantasy option. I think he's a nice PPR option. I think he'll continue to be a PPR option as long as they're decimated with injuries and he's the only running back option they have. Absolutely. Good point, man. Good good fucking call. Uh, again, I've got some injuries I need to kind of address. I haven't really figured out what my game plan is yet, but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm formulating a plan here. All right. Uh, next up on the docket, Thursday night football. The New Orleans Saints go on the road and lose to the Carolina Panthers. Um the Saints definitely laid an egg. Uh, the Panthers, I think the Panthers are getting a little rejuvenated here in the second half of the season. I don't think that's going to equate to a playoff berth, but they are definitely a dangerous team to play. Shaka, give me some of your takeaways from this game. Well, it just it kills me. Uh, if you look at this on paper, they absolutely dominated the Panthers uh, offensively. They more passing yards, mm-hmm. more yards on the ground. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Panthers only had 50 yards rushing total. Yeah. And yet they still, they just could not get over the, the hump with these guys. Um, Drew Brees looked pretty solid, but just a couple of big, big turnovers, and the Panthers capitalized every chance they got. Yep. They just, and they, they held them off. They held them off to the very end. It, it was it was rough to watch. I thought this was going to be a little bit more of a high-scoring game. Yeah, uh, you know, but, um, it was really kudos to the Panthers. I think they're playing with a lot of passion right now. Uh, I mean, I think they know their season's over, um, but they certainly are not going down without a fight. And, you know, when you're playing in, in North Carolina, I think that stadium is a tough place to play. I think Cam Newton is, is never going to roll over on any of this. And this was a divisional matchup, and... Their, divi- their, their, their defense stepped up. You know, listen, if you look at the, the box score, Drew Brees threw two touchdowns in the fourth quarter, um, and, and that was about it. They tried to claw their way back, but I think Carolina controlled most of this game. Right. Um, it, was, it, it, wasn't really, it wasn't really in doubt until towards the end where New Orleans kind of, kind of picked up the pace and actually finally had a sense of urgency. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, the um, fantasy-wise... No, go ahead. Yeah, I, I think that was one of the big things is uh, towards the end that Mark Ingram yep. seemingly got a concussion. He's yep. in protocol right now. Yep. And Tim Hightower, who kind of been owned in a lot of leagues, is now looking like the front runner to take the starting job if Ingram can't come back from the concussion. Dude, if he does, it'd be great. I think Tim Hightower, every time he gets the opportunity to run in that offense, he seems to perform better than Mark Ingram. I, I would love it if Tim Hightower got more looks. And, you know, listen, concussions... I, I, now, okay, with the new concussion protocol, or will new, whatever the hell you want to call it, the last year, this season, last season, it's really come into effect. When you hear about a guy getting a concussion, you can expect that he's going to miss a week. I'm not saying that guys recover within a week. If anything, we've learned more and more about these concussions, that there's no one concussion that's alike. 
Every concussion's different. Everybody's recovery period is different. I mean, Michael Orr, the blind side from the Sandra Bullock movie, he's an offensive lineman for the Carolina Panthers. He's missed seven or eight weeks with this concussion that he's got right now because, you know, not everybody feels the same way. I think it's a great point. But uh, I think... I, it's really, yeah, it's been a surprise to kind of see a guy's not going to play because of a concussion. It's, it makes you really kind of factor in, well, how I didn't realize it was that bad. Yeah, well, and, and you know, I think that you got to give credit to the NFL. You know, they are truly, we're now seeing in real time the consequence of this education about concussions, which is that we're learning, you know, they, they have like scientific proof now that when you get a concussion and you go out and continue playing, it gets worse and you have a, you actually have a longer recovery period if you continue playing after you get the concussion. So oh, it, God, I just remembered, uh, Luke. Luke Kuechly on the dude, Panthers Luke Kuechly. That rough yeah, concussion that was, he had, man. That was brutal. I, I'd never seen a guy, he was basically bawling as they carried him off the field. And I couldn't tell if it was because he was in pain or if it was some kind of side effect of having basically the, the crap knocked out of him. Mm-hmm. But it, 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 was, it was a little bit um, it was unsettling. Well, and, and if I may, to piggyback on that, I think part of it is that we're learning that, you know, and something else I want to say about concussions is that when they happen your body can play. You're not tearing a ligament. You're not breaking a bone. You essentially can move and walk and run and do everything. So like 10, 15 years ago, you could just go back out and keep playing. And I think Luke Keekley had a really ugly concussion last season. When you get a concussion again, there's an even more difficult recovery time. So I think he was really devastated because I think he knew right then and there on the field, they were like, you've got a concussion. We've got to take you out of the game. And I think deep down, he knows this might not be easy to come back from. Like, my season might be over because I'm still recovering from a concussion, and I think he is that much of a competitor that he was just that brokenhearted. I don't know, but that's my guess. I, I, I hear you. I, it, again, I mean, the days of Jack Tatum obviously are done. Yeah. But it's still, it, for a moment, it's very somber and it's kind of reminded you of as much fun as football can be to watch. There's just still a brutality. A deep. You know, I, I remember playing in high school, and there was only one time in question where, I, even to this day, I'm not sure if I actually had a concussion or not, but I just remember going one minute from, like, the tackle to getting up and a guy telling me, hey, man, you got snot all over your face. And not being aware of it at all and not feeling it and not being, like, almost present to just that happening. I'm like, when did that happen? Right. You know, just, it, it, you never know. Even small things some doctors might diagnose as a concussion, but... Wow. And it just goes to show how much we don't know about it. And and dude and and how far we've come. Exactly. Dude. Big good fucking point, man. Good fucking point. Um anything else to take away from this game? Panthers uh Saints game. Um uh, Tim Hightower, again, probably available in some leagues. Ingram is a big question as to whether or not he's gonna be back for mm-hmm. next week's game. Um, I think that's really all I got for you. Okay. Let's move on to the Tennessee Titans losing a clunker to the Indianapolis Colts. So, again, we picked the Tennessee Titans to beat their division rival, the Colts. And, again, the Colts proved us (laughs) wrong. I wanted to give that benefit of the doubt to the Titans, man. But, dude, they're just not ready for prime time yet. The Indianapolis Colts defense carrying Marcus Mariota all night. I mean, they sacked him five times. Yeah. He, granted, he... He had a couple of moments where he looked okay out there, but mm-hmm. they they even stopped DeMarco Murray. Yeah. DeMarco Murray didn't make it 100 yards. Uh, it, it, 
And this is a Colts defense that we've been knocking all season. They've had problems all season. They've had a lot of issues. But yet this game, man, they stepped up and they played really well. I mean, listen, Tennessee was still able to move the ball. There were still opportunities. But, I mean, that was that, that was completely overshadowed by the Colts offense. I mean, dude, T.Y. Hilton catching these brilliant passes. It looked like Andrew Luck was able to do whatever the hell he wanted to do. Uh, the, the kid's a fighter, and you know we've talked about how not great his team is, but somehow he's managed. It's still mind-boggling. So the Colts are five and five. Yeah, uh, and and they are kind of in position to still have yeah. a chance to win this division. They're still very much in contention. Uh, it 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 goes to show just kind of you gotta let them play. You gotta play the games out. Yeah. You, you know, there was so much optimism for Tennessee. You know, Houston has looked pretty damn good, but they've still got their flaws. And once again, Indianapolis is ready to just sort of win the division. I'm, I'm a big Andrew Luck fan, and I'm still rooting for him. And again, you know, I, I can't help to have this pessimism about just the tools he has around him. Mm-hmm. But he's making, he, you know, he's making gourmet dinners out of scraps. Yeah. So. And now, speaking of Andrew Luck... I believe it was yesterday. It came out that he's been diagnosed with a concussion. Oh, really? Oh my god! It was. It was. It was on Monday, but it came out that he is now in concussion protocol. They went back and they realized he took a hit to the head when he got sacked on one of the plays, and uh, now they're saying he has a concussion. There's a very real chance he's going to miss Thursday night football. He's playing um, a game Thanksgiving night against the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I think Scott Tolzien is going to have to start. No way. Yes wow. way. But, okay, I mean, I would say, from a fantasy standpoint, I would tell you grab that steely defense. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> they're, they're not even kidding. If they're around, because I don't think, I'm pretty sure Scott told me it's probably like, you guys fucking kidding me? I'm playing? He's, he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. I was, I was sitting on the couch over here. I, was, I don't even I was, have my shoes on. Honestly, not prepared for this to happen, but lo and behold, here we are. Well, so, uh, I would feel very hesitant about starting some of those wide receivers. Frank Gore, I say Frank Gore is, is trending upward now. Well, obviously, as Gore's going to be kind of the, he's going to temper and set the pace and just kind of be the guy who keeps Tolson, you know, sane on the field. I, against a Steelers team who's, they're going to hang some points on him for sure. Yeah, they are. They absolutely are. This is going to be a shootout, and it's probably the worst time to be losing Andrew Luck. A couple more things to mention from a, from a fantasy uh, standpoint. Tight ends for the Colts. Jack Doyle disappeared. You know, Dwayne Allen has been, you know, he's there, but he's not a fantasy, you know, option really at all. Um, the uh, Tennessee, Rashard Matthews, man, we can't deny this anymore. Rashard Matthews has been putting up some serious serious numbers, and I think, you know, he's definitely on that waiver wire pickup because I, I don't think his production is going to slow down. Have you seen any of this? What do you think of this? Uh, I, if I saw Rashard Matthews on the waiver wire, I'd have scooped him up already. I mean, if he's on yours, go fucking get him. Cause yeah. 13 targets, 9 catches for 122 yards. He, he's pretty much moving the ball downfield yeah. right now. Tajay Sharp, it kind of comes and goes. Yeah. And um, Kendall Wright is... More of like the deep threat. Yeah, but it's funny to think of because Kendall Wright was the slot guy for a while, and now it's kind of like I guess yeah, he's the guy running down the field. Yeah, it's kind of flipped. So, and you know, yeah. for for weeks we were talking about how we didn't know what to make of these receivers. Who's the best one? None of them are any good. 
Well, clearly, Rashard Matthews has has separated himself from the pack. He is the guy to have as a receiver in the Tennessee because you know you know Andre Johnson retired. So, and I, Delaney Walker was the guy for so long. I, I don't know if it's a result of teams kind of preparing to shut down Delaney Walker or if they're just Matthews is becoming that much more of a presence in the offense. I think it is definitely his numbers have changed. His numbers have actually gotten better, and he's. Looked a little more steady, and I wonder if it's kind of getting, uh, building just a more solid rapport with Rashard Matthews. I mean, I'd like to think it's building a solid rapport because Matthews is really, really making, he he's carving out a nice spot for himself in this offense, and it goes nowhere but up if that offense actually starts to improve. I mean, I like what Tennessee's doing. They just can't seem to really get it going, and they've had... Statement game after statement game this season, and every time they just seem to lay an egg when they need to be winning yeah. a game. They're not getting the wind out of their own sails. Yeah, basically. it's it's disappointing, but I I definitely I I still think Delaney Walker is a viable fantasy option. Um, Absolutely. I'm 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 really I'm not buying into any of these Colts tight ends anymore. None of them make me feel good. <laughs> You're off the wagon. I'm off the wagon. Um, anything else from this game? You want to move on? Uh, yeah, I think we're good. Let's go to another AFC South uh, opponent. Monday Night Football, the Houston Texans lose at the last minute to the Oakland Raiders in Mexico City. Um, this didn't particularly surprise me. Uh, I think what was surprising was how well the Houston Texans defense played. They really, up until the end of the game, they were really giving Derek Carr a lot of problems. They were slowing the game down. Uh, the, the Raiders had trouble moving the ball. But, you know, again, in the end, Oakland went crazy on offense. They had a couple of massive big plays that just turned the whole fucking game. I mean, what were some of the takeaways you had from this game, Shaka? This was kind of a weird one to me. Uh, it was. The Texans, the Texans defense played well. They didn't actually get to Carlo. They shook him up, but they never actually sacked. He didn't get sacked at all this entire no, game. No, no. Um, they were, they were definitely They were definitely screwing up timing and getting pressure, though. Yeah, it, it was. I think they they put together a package and they executed some of it. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, it didn't work out as much as they were anticipating or hoping, because uh, there was just. Uh, I think there were a lot of uh, unexpected just heroes really for Oakland to really kind of pull, to basically pull their ass out of the fire and yeah. keep them ahead. Uh, again, Michael Crabtree, non-factor. Non-factor. Had an okay game. Uh, it just. Latavius Murray on running the football did jack shit. Yeah. But um, Jamise, I'm not say his name, Jamise Oluwale yeah. was kind of the unsung hero. Who, they're probably like, this guy? Yeah. Um, but he, you know what? He was enough to bury uh, the Houston Texans. Yeah, and I think Jalen Richard had a touchdown too. Like, both of them had yeah, kind of these big play, catch and run, rip off 48 yards for a touchdown plays like that's where it's sort of discouraging for the Texans defense because that's a huge blown assignment where he either's the guy's either breaking a tackle or just getting out into open field and you're sitting there going what the hell coverage were they in because they were not expecting that at all I I mean those were plays that shouldn't have gone for full-on touchdowns and instead it was a big busted open play where they ripped off a touchdown and kept and stayed in the game now, the other thing i got to mention is in the fourth quarter, tie game, Houston Texans going down the field, third and one, they go for it, they get like half a yard, it's fourth and inches, they go for it again, and they don't get it. 
I mean, that was like that was a dagger in the heart for the Houston Texans. It was just and and part of me sitting here going, you know, again, Brock Osweiler, DeAndre Hopkins, none of these guys were really showing. I mean, Braxton Miller was the guy who had the touchdown catch for the uh, for the Texans. Yeah, Lamar Miller showed up and he had a pretty solid game. But and of course, CJ Fedorowicz, who hopefully is owned by someone in fantasy, Dude. he he's been like probably uh, he's been kind of the Jason Witten. Yeah. To uh, to Osweiler. To Brock Osweiler. Like There's actually was there a moment Osweiler said someone had a laser pointer on him? Yep. I, I think he said someone from the stands had a laser pointer. So I shining in his face. I read about this on ESPN today. Apparently, it's a thing in Mexico. People like to use laser pointers at big games and mess with the players. Wow. Like, that's a thing there, apparently. Like, they are always okay. trying to, like, sort of not have it happen, and they're trying to get people to stop doing it, but they still do it. Like, that just said, I'm sorry, no offense, Mexico, but it, it just, it does not bode well for your country when that's a rep you have, is the fact that you're assholes and annoying fans during a game. That's nuts. I didn't realize that was kind of a trend. Dude, I, I didn't know either. I was like, are you kidding me? That's so classless. It, it, look, it's bad enough Osweiler has problems with accuracy <laughs> to uh, to really up the Eddie from. I think the Eddie is as high as it can be. As he, he already sucks as it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, but again, dude, didn't surprise me. You know, when it came right down to it, it is it's officially time to anoint the Raiders as a legitimate threat here. They're eight and two. That's a foregone conclusion. I right? mean, and and they and listen, as as poor as they looked in this game, and they, listen, they didn't look that poor. But you know, Houston gave them a run for their money. But in the fourth quarter, they go down the field, two touchdowns, like it's These nothing. Guys are finishers. These guys are finishers. I mean, it's big time. They are big time. You got to get ready for this Raiders team and their weak yeah, spots, I mean, which I thought were the running game and their defense, are starting to get better. It's true. I, uh, I, I think really at this point, if you're not ready to throw the kitchen sink across that, that line at them, it, it, you, you're not ready to win. I, no. It, it's crazy to me, but um, I obviously I'm all in at this point. Derek Carr can do no wrong, and the only person who can beat him at this point is Derek Carr. Yeah. I mean, they are, in my mind, they're almost a little bit like the Cowboys of the AFC. They've got this great offensive line. I mean, well, that's, they've got a terrible run game. They really throw the ball a lot, but... They've shown that they can run the ball. They've shown that their pa- that their running backs can be damaging because all throughout the season, this has been a weird three-headed monster that's getting involved in the running game and getting involved in the passing game. And the more they can take advantage of both opportunities there, I mean, the more dangerous this team gets. I think it's fair. I'm still waiting to see. Well, we did see one big Latavius Murray game, and that was against the Denver Broncos. Yeah. He actually looked like a, an intimidating running back. But yeah. since then, I don't know if he just doesn't get enough carries in his past heavy offense, but he just, it's just not there for me. I mean, I I think, uh, before we get off this game, the last thing I'll say about that is, I, I really, I think everything we've seen from game to game is how they usually like to do it. They like to throw the ball. They like to run a it, but, but the run game is not as much of a focus as their passing game. Their, their running backs get into the passing game, and they do screen passes, and they do dump-offs, but the running game isn't really a strong portion of their offense. But when they played Denver, they went to a run game. I think that was yeah. a specific game plan where they were like, we are going to pound it and pound it hard on Denver. What's exciting is that I think they have that in their hip pocket. 
I don't think they're the best at it, but I think they're willing to pull it out and say, all right, we're going to ground and pound this game because that's what this defense demands. And that's kind of what makes them an even scarier playoff opponent for me. I'm really, you know, I don't think this is a fluke. This Raiders team is really good. That's a good, you know what, that's fair. I'm going to take that with a grain of salt because they do do a lot of screen passes mm-hmm. for those backs. So I, I'm going to go ahead and hold on to Because, look, I, again, the, the, the offensive line is pretty damn solid. It's Corey good. has plenty of time back there to throw. So I'm assuming if they wanted to be a power run team, they could do it. Uh, do we need to move on from this game? Yeah. Arizona Cardinals lose on the road to the Minnesota Vikings. Um, I'm just going to gloat a little bit here right now because I feel like I was the only person who picked the Vikings for this game. And uh, I feel positive about the fact that I at least was right because I just... And now, listen, the Vikings did just about everything they could to lose this game. Their offense still did not score any fucking points at all. They had to get a fucking 100-yard pick six and a kickoff return to still just barely beat the Cardinals. Um, Cordero Patterson, uh, I, I love the guy. I wish they would actually give him a little bit more of a feature. And he did get a lot of targets in this game, but he's so friggin' fast. Every time I see him catch the football, the distance... Just the turbos go on in this guy, and it's he, he needs he needs a package put in for him because they really need somebody else in offense to kind of get this shit going. Yeah, I just I still because from my perspective, nothing was disproved about either of these teams for me. Both of these teams are broken. Okay, yeah. the running game for the Vikings sucks. Their entire offense sucks. I wasn't impressed with anything their offense did, and the Arizona Cardinals. Their offense is good, but broken, okay? They can't figure out how to get the passing game to stay consistent. They can't, you know, they should be running it more to David Johnson and sort of building everything around him, but they still continue to try to throw it to Michael Floyd and, uh, and, J- and J.J. Nelson. It's just not working, and they cannot continue drives like they did last year. And it seemed like the perfect thing for Minnesota to get a win. You know, a team that they could... They could was having just enough problems on offense that their str- that the Vikings' struggling defense could cause enough problems for Carson Palmer to squeak out a win, and that's exactly what they did. I don't think they're going to be able to win any other games, but I think Arizona was just the right matchup for them at this point. I think you're right. I think the, the Vikings are supposed to kind of be like the pick-me-up victory yeah. for the Arizona Cardinals just because they're a team that was good enough to beat them. But, you know, just... Uh, on paper, the Cardinals should have had the upper hand in every Absolutely. regard, pretty much. Everything, and, and, everything know, like, is is better for them when you compare David them to the Vikings. Johnson, David Johnson had a great game. I honestly think when everything is not going well or things just don't make sense, they should just have the other team dare you to stop David Johnson. Yeah, throw the ball at him and every even in the passing game. Yeah. in the backfield, Johnson was they had no answer for him. No, but. You look at the numbers, Carson Palmer, 20 for 38, uh, 198 yards. It just it, Whenever it wasn't going to Johnson, it just wasn't going well. No, no. And, and, I mean, again, mistakes. Like, they're making costly mistakes. I mean, that 100-yard that pick six, that's killing you. You're throwing an interception yeah. in the red zone. They're taking it all the way back. I mean, from a fantasy perspective, the only people I trust for the Cardinals are uh, – you know, David Johnson and Larry Fitzgerald. And Fitzgerald, listen, Fitzgerald isn't even that great in standard. He's great in, in PPR, but 
Yeah. I mean, I don't trust anybody else in that offense because Carson Palmer, I've, uh, dude, I'm done, man. I'm looking for other options on my fantasy wire than Carson Palmer. I've been benching him for weeks at this point. Yeah, exactly. He's been he's been riding the pines for the last three weeks at least, and you know what? There's no regrets. No, really. no, and and listen, it's just it's a sign of what's going on with the Cardinals. They are not they're not making the playoffs this year. They're now four, five, and one. And, uh, you know, the last thing I'll say about this game is that Stephon Diggs came back down to earth, and I kind of feel okay with that because I, I, I benched him in a lot of my leagues because I was like, you know what, this whole 13-catch string, this offense is too bad to sustain this, okay? I don't care if Stephon Diggs is the only option for Sam Bradford. He can't feed him the ball that much. They just, the offensive line is too bad. I, I, I think... I think in his defense, I really, I think they kind of keyed in. Even though he didn't play in the whole game, Patrick Peterson from the Cardinals, which probably the, besides um, the Honey Badger, mm-hmm. is their biggest uh, bright spot on the defense. And they had him shadow Stephon Diggs for most of the game. So even in the first half where Diggs did jack shit, I played Diggs. Um, and thank God it was a PPR league because he finally, in the second half, he came to life a little bit. He had a, a decent game, nothing, you know. Mm-hmm right home about no it was but, it was fine but you know i think just the circumstance they didn't throw i think they threw to digs once in the first half yeah so it's good to show and adam thielen was obviously the benefactor of that coverage. dude adam thielen is very quickly moving up as a real fantasy option he's getting a lot of looks and like you said especially when digs commands the coverage thielen's the guy who benefits yeah, he, he feasted. He was 5 for 5. He had 65 yards and a touchdown. I mean, that's a pretty solid fantasy day if you're looking for one. I mean, should we start so, talking uh, about he's a stash? Like, do you think he's they, a stash yeah, now? Yeah, they need the, the Vikings need something else. God, anything else on um, offense to talk about. So, you know, Rudolph, even Kyle Rudolph is not always going to be, you know, a, a big part of, unless he's in the red zone. Mm-hmm. So, Thielen is another guy who's going to help move the chains because you're absolutely right. Diggs can't have 13 catches every game. Okay. Um, anything else to take away from this game? I, I mean, I don't know if there's anything else to rip apart. I mean, the, the Vikings defense kind of showed back up as a fantasy performer, although I'm still I'm still not sold on them. It, it's it's like... As, I kind of want to attribute that to Carson Palmer. Yeah. Kind of being... He's wonky. He's just not reliable anymore. He's not a known quantity. Yeah, and you know, and and of course, one of those touchdowns was a special teams touchdown. I mean, there's that's 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 from a yeah. fantasy perspective. Special teams touchdowns are like it's like you just you, everything lined up on the slot machine. You know, you lucked out. Right. Exactly. And I'm, that, and I also don't like any of the other receivers on the Cardinals team besides Fitzgerald. No. no, Michael Floyd, I think, got benched. Again, yeah. it's not the first time. I mean, dude, this is this is bad. Arizona, there's serious problems. Yeah, they're in trouble. And they really want to get J.J. Nelson's part of the conversation. But mm-hmm. he's also, same thing, just not, not happening. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, and, you know, Jermaine Gresham got one of the touchdowns from Carson Palmer, the tight end. He's not a major factor. Like, this is not... No, he also had a fumble in this game, too. Oh, God, just... Dude, Cardinals doing everything, it, it, slipping up and shooting themselves in the foot in every way possible in this game. Uh, let's move on. Next. Let's move on. Um, Tampa Bay Buccaneers surprise everybody and beat the Kansas City Chiefs in Kansas City. Um, do you have some takeaways from this game? I've got a few thoughts. So I want to hear what you're thinking. 
I think I, I'm trying to remember. I'm pretty sure I didn't think Tampa was going to go in there and do this against the Chiefs at home. No. I have to go back and check last week's podcast. But I think I, I no. think I said Kansas City was going to do it. I mean, I, I, I thought James the Chiefs Winston, were going to choke them out. Jameis Winston, the last four, maybe games, four or five games, is the guy's, the guy's with it. Mm-hmm. He, he's, he's played really well, even without having like a premier running back. To help him out, it's just it's just basically been him and you know the the fifteen targeted game Mike Evans, and it's been enough. They <laughs> held on in this game. The fifteen and targets he, a game Mike Evans. <laughs> it's it's true. It's it's the only thing I know. The sun's gonna come up tomorrow, and I know Mike Evans is gonna get fifteen targets every Sunday. You're right, Pretty man. Much, you know, it's, it's like there's only a guarantee. Like I don't but, know if there's a quarterback receiver tandem anywhere else in the league that's that consistent. No, I, I, I'm going to have to look, but I'm almost positive. It's just, there's no way. There's no one else doing it. Maybe I'm going to send A.J. Green, but he's done for the season. So. Oh, boy. Oh, just sad. Just sad. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm laughing because they, they actually made the Kansas City, uh, Alex Smith was actually throwing deep balls in the yeah, game. Yeah. Because they were really just trying to make something happen. The Tampa defense, they held on for their life, and thank goodness, they did it. Chris Conti had a huge interception. They mm-hmm. Kind of mm-hmm. Them at bay. You know, but, and man. something else I got to say about this. Like, I, I also heard someone else mentioning this. Tampa Bay kind of played a Kansas City-style game on Kansas City. They slowed it down. They held the ball. They were conservative. They ran it a lot. And, you know, they were converting third downs. I think I looked at this. They were 11 of 16 from third down. I mean... Wow. They did not give Kansas City a chance to really sort of move the ball at all. And then Kansas City, when they had these opportunities to move the ball, and you know this, Kansas City's not an explosive offense. They're not going to be running all over the place or throwing downfield. They're a dink-and-dunk team. Hold the ball, move it downfield, kick a field goal. That's kind of what Tampa Bay did. Held the ball, moved it downfield, nice and slow. Doug Martin showed up. Doug Martin got a lot of carries. He had 24 carries for 63 rushing yards. I mean... This was a great performance by Tampa Bay slowing the game down and letting Kansas City play it, you know, their way. And, dude, it worked out because at the end of the game, you know, it was a small margin of victory, but that was all they needed to win this game was a lot of field goals. Yeah, I think you're right. I think um, also you factor in, well, Jeremy Macklin, again, it's not a big, high-powered offense, but you down Jeremy Macklin. You, you're missing that guy. Yeah, and Travis Kelsey, who we've been waiting for fucking ever. Yeah, weeks. Forever. I, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting back to, I'm talking about last year, uh. for him to be a big fantasy star. And he finally shows up, you know, and has a huge game, but again, in a losing effort. And oh, what's this guy's name? Terry Kell? He's, he's a speedster, but he just, there's just, there's so many holes in offense. And even then, they still, they still almost, almost, came away with it on Tampa Bay, but they held them off, they fought them off, and uh, Tampa Bay, man, this was an impressive win by Tampa Bay. They had no business winning this game. No, they did not. No, they didn't. And you know, and you said it, man, you got to give some credit to Jameis Winston. He really, you know, he only had one turnover. He was conservative with the ball. He threw, I mean, listen, he threw 331 yards. He was 24 yeah. of 39. Like, this is... You know, I'm sure much of that went, 105 of those yards went to Mike Evans because, of course, he gets targeted 8,000 times a game, as we've just gone over. 
Um, but it was like, I mean, they flipped the script on Kansas City. And, you know, in a tough division where Kansas City is going up against Oakland, 8-2 and two Oakland, and 7-3 and three Denver, I mean, this was a tough this was a tough home loss. And this was in Arrowhead. You know that's a tough place to play, man. Yeah, it is. It's, it's crazy. Um, and it kind of shakes up things a little bit, too. It gives Oakland a little bit of breathing room. Dude, it totally so. does. Um, anything else to take away from this game? I mean, uh, Spencer Ware, uh, you know, was kind of mortal. Like, I'm, I'm a little, I, I don't, how did, can, can we talk re- just briefly? Can you give me some thoughts on Spencer Ware right now from a fantasy perspective? What do you, what are you, what are you seeing? What are you thinking? Well, I don't really know why they've kind of gone away from having him be Really, when the Chiefs were at their best, it's when Spencer was catching the ball in the backfield, too. Yeah. That's the one thing he's been doing this year that really wasn't part of his game last year. And it's kind of what made him wrestle away the starting position from Trikandrick West. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, he had two targets this game um, out of the backfield. And yeah. I don't know why they, they didn't try to mix it up and you know get him more involved, but they, he... He looks, I don't know, he doesn't look fresh. It, mm-hmm. it might be just the, the kind of the grind of the season wearing down on him. But he doesn't have that kind of explosiveness that he had early on where he was just taking monster chunks yeah. of yardage out. Well, they got to figure out how to get him going, man, because he's a big part of this offense. And if he's not active and he's not a big, and if he's not ripping off big runs, you're relying on Alex Smith to dink and dunk. And I don't think that's a problem, but. You know, this offense no, just no. it just no, no. opens up so much more when that run game is you know, when when you have Jamal Charles running, you know? It's true. I mean really when you think about it, again, Smith is not a he's not gonna be a deep ball kind of guy. No. Um and really it, it comes down to your running game and you're catching out of the backfield. If you're not making you know if you're not making that happen, you're not getting your running back involved in that passing game, then what the hell are you guys doing to win? Yeah. I, uh, I, I'm, I'm going to be optimistic. I still think Ware is a good fantasy starter. Um, Absolutely. But I kind of want to – I just want to see them using him more. I want to see more usage. I, I just feel like it's going to help their offense. That's just my – it's my opinion. Um, I, don't, I don't think he's – I don't know if he's injured or if he's still not 100%. But since he's come back from that injury, he's, his numbers have kind of been so-so. Yeah, they've, they've been a little pedestrian. Um. Anything else to talk about in this game? You want to move on? Um, I'd say Cecil Shorts, who I think he used to be on the Texans. Yep. Oh really yeah. Texans. Yeah. He's. Oh yeah. He, um, he had a pretty decent game. He, he he took a couple targets away from Evans, which yep. is you know it's a big it's a big pie. He can have a couple <laughs> slices. So, uh, Evans got to eat most of that pie though. I think he put an eye on him. Okay. Okay. Good for him too, because he's bounced around a little bit. It's nice for him to find a home especially with an offense like that that I think is going to take advantage of him. Um, let's move on to the Bills and the Bengals. Buffalo Bills win 16-12 to in Cincinnati. I think the biggest storylines, you already mentioned it, A.J. Green tears his hamstring. He's done for the year. Giovanni Bernard tears his ACL. He is done for the year. And the Bengals still suck. <laughs> Those are my. Um, this is the first week where I finally said no. I am not going to be duped by this Cincinnati Bengal team. They are not as good as they were last year. God damn it! I'm picking the Bills. I'm going to say this just once, just because I don't want to seem like that guy who's 
piling on the, the, the negative bandwagon. I've never liked Andy Dalton. No, I, I'm, never been a fan, but whatever he was doing last year, it worked. And yeah, was, last year was the first year I was like, oh, finally, he looks like a great quarterback. I don't know if it was a smokescreen, but, but I, I, you know, he's run out of party favors, he's run out of tricks, and well, AJ Green's gone now. What are they going to do? I, obviously, Jeremy Hill's probably doing some kind of crazy victory dance because he's going to get yeah. so many more carries. It's going to be the Jeremy Hill show. I think you're. I think we need to talk about Tyler Boyd, this this rookie wide receiver. You yeah. know, I think he's going to get a lot of the looks. Um, I think Brandon LaFell is going to get into the mix now, but yeah, I mean, dude, let's be honest. This team is three, six and one, and they might as well be three and seven. Like, I think we can sort of officially cash in our chips on the Bengals season. It's just a shame because there was so much optimism and, you know, I think they deserved another shot in the playoffs, but they are coming apart at the seams. I, I, I Jeremy Hill is the thing I would say now from a fantasy perspective, I mean, just give him the rock 30 times a game. They've got no choice at this point. Uh, I like Tyler Boyd. Uh, I think he kind of surprised the Bills' defense, even the secondary. They didn't really see him coming right after uh, Adrian Green got hurt. Mm -hmm. But I I feel like I need another game to see, like, a a bigger sample size just to see just exactly what what he brings to the table. But, you know, I, I think at this point it was kind of he was just feasting on the lack of options yeah. Andy Dalton had, period. Yeah. Well, you know Andy Dalton's going to want to throw it. With A.J. Green gone, someone's going to get those looks. Well, he's 24 for 43 passing the, passing the football. So I, he's going to have to do a better job of getting the ball out to receivers. Yeah. And it, it, it's going to be rough. It's going to be rough for everybody out there. Now, Buffalo, listen, Buffalo keeps trucking along, man. Their defense cannot, you cannot sit around on this defense um, Shady McCoy got a little hurt. Apparently, he dislocated one of the bones in his thumb. But I mean, they're saying he might be back next week. Um, the run game is what's exciting about this Bills team. I mean, Gillisley, McCoy, and Tyrod Taylor. When you throw Taylor into the mix, I mean, they are dangerous. This Bills team, you know, I think we were ready to fire Rex Ryan and write him off, but then they, you know, they fired the offensive coordinator. Shady McCoy starts turning into an MVP candidate. I mean, from a fantasy perspective, I don't think there's anything new here, but uh, this this Bills team, I mean, they're dangerous. What do you think? I think uh, if anything that comes out of this is uh, Mike Gillisley is probably going to be a good good stash to have just in case because mm-hmm. I think I think um, Shady McCoy's having surgery on the thumb. Yeah. So I don't know. He's he's probably not going to be catching any footballs out of the backfield. Yeah, it's true. Like to do, and he's pretty good at it. But it's just going to be a big question of whether or not he's actually even capable. It's yeah. just, you know, time's going to tell. Who knows? He might be just fine, and the guy's a, a damn soldier. They've clearly not had any problems playing him with injury yeah. this whole season. I mean, So he might be fine. It might be nothing. But um, Gillespie's a good stash to have just in case he's a late scratch. Dude, amen, brother. Gillespie is definitely somebody you got to have on your radar. He's he's a tasty, tasty handcuff if I've ever seen one. And I think he's – listen, I like him. When he gets more looks, I think he takes advantage of them. Uh, I think he works well in that offense. He knows that offense well. Goodness knows Reggie Bush is not going to be getting more looks for the Bills. Um, it's funny. I think I think Gillespie would actually be a starter on any other team. Yeah. It's almost uh, akin to the same problem they had last year. Um, I'm trying to remember who Shady McCoy's backup was. Like Carlos. Oh, it was, was Carlos him. Williams. 
Carlos Williams was the same thing. He was a starter in any other squad. And, God, what happened to him? He just fell off the face of the earth. Oh, he came into training camp out of shape, and the Bills cut him. Yikes. Yeah, that happened. That's a shame. Yeah, dude, listen, NFL, not for long. (laughs) You you got to stay in shape, man. You can't be eating hamburgers in the offseason, man. They will cut your fucking ass. I mean, he was a big guy already, so I don't know how much he could have been out of shape, but... Jeez, it must have been serious. Step into my office. Why? Because you're fucking fired. I think that's all I have on this game. <laughs> Next up, Jacksonville Jaguars. Big fucking surprise. Lose again, this time to the Detroit Lions. Um, the Lions, listen, I think we said it a little bit earlier. It was a bit of a shock to all of us, but the Lions are the team that's looking like they're going to win the, uh, the NFC North. Let's talk a little bit about this Lions team. Let me hit you off with the first thing here. Again, Marvin Jones, Golden Tate, which one of these guys is the guy? Well, this game, I'd say... Because it wasn't either of them in this game. Didn't really do anything for me. Um, Eric Ebron, of all things, he had a huge catch. Huge. I think Eric Ebron's not really, not really a guy who's going to give you a major yardage, but he, he got a perfect pass, and he was wide open. He got a good screen. Oh, yeah, and he had a rushing touchdown. It was funny. I think that was to finish off the play because I think he got tackled at the one-yard line. Dude. And so on the very next play, they, they, they ran him in motion and they handed it off to him, and he barely squeaked it in, but he got a rushing touchdown. So he was always a good guy to play because he's always involved in the red zone. And yeah, man, and I've, I actually I think we talked about him maybe last week or the week before. He's a hell of a tight end pickup. I started him in a few of my leagues. I like Eric Ebron, man. He's... He is really, in my mind, I think he's now top five tight ends going on. He's he's dependable. Totally he gets those looks, and you nailed it, man. He's a red zone target. I think the only knock on him is he's kind of got the, the Jordan Reed syndrome where he just he's always in the concussion protocol. He, he, he's so physical. He gets banged up pretty uh, quickly, so he's kind of... You know, he doesn't play a full season. He'll give mm-hmm. you maybe three quarters of a season. Now, something else i got to mention. Theo Riddick, man. Theo Riddick is back and better than ever. He might not have been heavy in the run game, but he was heavy in the pass game. Eight yeah, catches for 70 yards. I mean... Running hard. Dude, this is... And this is a team, like we said, the Lions, this isn't a one-in-seven joke anymore. This Lions team is dangerous, and we need to seriously consider Matthew Stafford, Theo Riddick, these guys... I mean, get out of the way. I'm. I have, dude. Thanksgiving Day. I think they're gonna chew up and spit out this Vikings team. Uh, you know what? It's not entirely out of the realm of possibility. They just they have enough firepower to kind of. Uh, it's almost like playing horse. It's like you're gonna have to match us. Do are you holding out on Marvin Jones? Do you have any faith that he's gonna that he's gonna bounce back this season? At at least from a fantasy perspective. I, I think he's okay. I think. He's, it's either defense is a key in on him. He had two targets this whole game. Yep. Um, but I, I think he's fine. I think he's going to be just fine. And I think when he really, when it really comes down to it, and they need him, he's going to play. Um, again, Golden Tate, I think maybe he's probably a little more of a talented receiver in mm-hmm. terms of getting himself open. He's a little more unconventional. Mm-hmm. Doesn't run perfect routes, but he's just kind of got that magic, that X factor. It's almost like a, you know, um, a Chad Ochocinco where he's just. You don't know what it is about him, but he gets open, and he gets uh, he gets big plays in. So he'll find a way. Exactly. Um, okay, Jaguars. I Ooh, anything I, to say? I, I mean, Bortles. Bortles did his Bortles thing, man. You know, two touchdowns. They had the best. They had the best. Um, well, they coined the phrase. I don't really know if you can call it coined, but um, 
Blake Bortles this past. It's just kind of like the the, the most perfect description of Dude, he, Blake Bortles. He Bortles his way through every game. I, I can't. Uh, I can't. I don't see him. They, they, uh, I'm pretty sure Jacksonville's going to have to go another way. Dude, this is. I think this he's might. A be, he's yeah, a great backup. He's a great backup. He's a he's a great backup. I do not feel like he's ready for prime time. I. I, I don't know. It's uh, and the running game. T.J. Yeldon got hurt. I mean, I guess the only positive is there is that now we we know that Chris Ivory will probably get the bulk of the carries. But even still, I don't. He fumbled in this game. Yeah, yeah, he, he got rocked and he dropped the football like right away. I um, mean, the only positive I'm seeing here is the fact that he's actually getting catches. He had six catches for 75 yards. Chris Ivory was their most productive receiver, which is weird to me. But I, I, yeah, I never weird really considering you got Allen Robinson on the roster. I mean, Allen. Yeah, Robinson. I'll tell you right. Dude, Allen Robinson is like I thought. He, you know, he's like top five wide receivers. He's disappeared this season. He had three catches. He got a touchdown, but three catches for eighteen yards. I, I kind of again, I, it's got to be Bortles, really, when you think about it, because you look at he had seven targets. He had three catches. Marquise Lee had eight targets. And you know catches. what? Got to give it up for Marquise Lee. He finally got a touchdown. He's finally showing up. I mean, again, this is a guy who I saw at USC, and he was just so prolific. Um, you know, can I ask you something? Uh, if you had a choice right now, Marquise Lee or Alan Hearns? I'm going to go Lee just because I know his body of work yeah. better. Hearns yeah. had a great year last year, but Marquise Lee, I just, I just know for a fact what he's capable of doing, his yeah. potential. So I'd have to go Lee, and he's 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 showed up. He's had a couple bright spots, and mm-hmm. I think they've, uh, Jacksonville's kind of finally figured out because his his one big kind of thing was like red zone, mm-hmm. that one on one situation. We just throw it up to him and make the best guy go after it, and that was what Lee was great at in UNC. Mm-hmm. Um, and this team, that's exactly what it did. Some they threw it to him, I think, two times in a row. One for a big catch down the left side, and then right away. Um, one-on-one situation in the red zone, and they threw it up to him, and he just, he dominated his defender. Dude, I think, they, I think it's really just an issue of them trying to figure out how to get all these guys to kind of work together and to work them to get uh, in seamlessly. And it's right now, it looks like shit. It's not working. No. Bortles is not the guy to kind of weave them together. And to go back to the beginning, I think we got to look at Blake Bortles. I really think it all yeah. it begins and ends with him. Um, Chris Ivory, is, is this... Listen, if Chris Ivory's on your waiver wire, are you saying go and get him? At this point, you have no damn choice. He has, he has, um, he, he's a hard runner. He'll give you some um, big chunks of yardage. He probably won't give you a lot of hundred yard days, but but again, who, but he, who else is running the ball? Exactly, and he's you know he's good for twenty five carries in a game. Okay. Uh, anything else about this game? Uh, yikes! I stay away from the wide receiver situation. I mean. He, even Allen Robinson at this point. I mean, if you got him, play the matchups. And even then, you might have to bench him anyway. Okay. Wow. Bold bold moves by Shaka saying, watch yourself. You might need to bench Allen Robinson. Yeah, that we I, said I that. I'm okay with that one. I've been looking at the body of work over the course of the year. There's, there's not much going on in the kitchen. It's okay, man. You're just telling it like it is. Uh, next game on the docket, Chicago Bears lose to the New York Giants. Big surprise. Giants are seven and three, and their defense looks really, really good. Shaka, give me some takeaways about this game. That Giants defense, I really dude, pretty much the clincher for this. Landon uh, Collins, man, another interception. 
I think it's four interceptions in a row. I think so. Uh, they they held Jordan Howard down. They they did everything. They Olivier needed. Vernon, man, he and JPP were living in the backfield. It, it was crazy. Um, they they got to Cutler so many times. They just rushed him. He had no rhythm. Nope. Uh, he. And yeah, they, they they forced him to fumble football. And they did everything they needed to do to win. And even when uh they couldn't get Odell Beckham Jr. to really kind of go out there and, and dominate like he usually does, yeah, um, it was enough. Again, it was. Enough. I mean, I th- I think the Bears covered ODB pretty well. It was they did everything they needed to do. A team who's a contender who wants to be a champion team needs to do. Yeah. You know, so I, I, there was nothing stellar, there was nothing really that popped out per se, but they had everything kind of functioning. I mean, well, Sterling Shepard, yeah. Sterling Shepard, I kind of picked up the slack. Victor threw that huge catch to kind of yep. move the chains. Yep. But, uh, and Rashad Jennings. Yeah, that that was today. the biggest thing about the, the, Rashad Jennings looking great. He looked really good. And all of a sudden, if he can keep doing that, if you can get this running game going, whoa! Now we've exactly. got a really good Giants team. I need him. To, I mean, I, obviously he's a good fantasy pickup to have because just because he is the number one running back for the Giants, regardless, there's, mm-hmm. there's no there's no argument about that. But in terms of a guarantee that he's always going to be, you know, giving you some great fantasy value, it's yeah. hard to say. It's really tough. No, it's absolutely. It's it. Listen, I would say he's. You got to stash him. You got to keep him. It's yeah. going to be tricky to figure out when to start him. You got to look at the matchups. Yeah, you got to play the matchups. And especially, we're getting near the end of the season right now. Fantasy wise, we're getting near, you know, end of your fantasy season. Possible playoffs should be starting. Some of them will be starting uh, 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 week 13. Some of them will be starting week 14. Really got to start looking at the matchups. You know, if you're not in a, a keeper league, this is Fisher Cut bait time. It's a situation where you can drop guys and pick them up because, you know what? It might not matter anymore by the time you get to your playoff game. Amen. Um, Bears, you know, you said it. Zach Miller is hurt, now done for the year. Um, Cameron Meredith certainly got some looks. Uh, he was four catches, 49 yards. I mean, I just, it, I mean, listen, that whole offense is struggling. Jay Cutler's struggling, and they were struggling. It was even more apparent against this defense. Um, I think they played it a little scared. Um, yeah. In terms of the wide receiver court, they, it didn't look like they have that much faith. Meredith had four catches, but he only had four targets. Yeah. Uh, they threw a lot to Jordan Howard. Yeah. He only had, he had eight targets for one catch. A lot of running back action in this game. They they played they played a, a little bit too conservative against the Giants. I think they were, and I guess that's a testament to how much faith they have in Jay Cutler. Yeah. It just was not working. The Giants were in the backfield all day. They broke up all those screen passes. Yeah. They just didn't let anything happen. I mean, I, just like we were talking about the Eagles and the Seahawks, I mean, this Giants team is just better than the Bears, and they took it to them. Yeah. Um, give me one wide receiver for the Bears that you trust moving forward. I still got to go with Meredith just because um, Alshon Jeffrey is is done. And Meredith, either they're going to have to shit on the pot or get off with him. And I think if they really want to actually have a functional offense, they're going to have to take some more chances. And Meredith is the guy to do it with. Okay, okay. Uh, anything else you want to move on? Yeah, let's do it. Let's New go. England Patriots defeat the awful, awful San Francisco 49ers. Niners actually had it. It was kind of a game early on, and then the Patriots were like, wait, what the hell is going on? We've got to beat the living shit out of this team. Um, Tom Brady throws four touchdowns, spreading the ball around to, uh, I mean, 
The Patriots were doing everything you could want them to do. It was all beautiful, man. He was spreading the ball around to Julian Edelman, James White, Dami Amendola, Malcolm Mitchell had a beautiful deep bomb touchdown in this game. Yeah. But I think the real talk of the town, Deion Lewis is back, man. Whoa. I, you know, you gotta be ready, man. Kind of a, this is his, um, his kind of to ease him back. It's a pretty good game to come back. And pretty pretty good game to to get eased back in on. Uh, and I think, um, well, unfortunately, uh, James White's going to kind of be on the outs. Yeah, I think but you're right. I think if I think the biggest loser still, will be James White. He still had a pretty great game if you played him um, fantasy wise. Oh yeah, he did. Pretty, pretty, pretty big numbers. But I think they there's still more fans of. Uh, Deion Lewis and what he can do. How strongly um, do you feel about picking up Deion Lewis, fantasy-wise? Um, I'm going to tell you right now, I put in a waiver wire request myself. Okay, so okay. I'm feeling pretty good about it. Okay, I respect that. Um, well, how about... I think the only other thing on the, the 49ers, Colin Kaepernick is, if you're really looking for a quarterback, he's he's played pretty well. Dude, he's... All he's considered... I mean, if you look at his numbers, he's consistently producing. Like, I think yeah. right now, like, I would start probably Kaepernick over a Carson Palmer. That's very fair. You know what I'm saying? It's totally fair. I think, look, his offensive line is shit, so he's going to be doing a lot of running around back there. But for what it is, he hasn't really thrown any picks. He's he's definitely gotten at least one or two touchdowns per game. Yep. And he runs. He's a quarterback that runs. Yeah. I mean, he's always going to get you some points with his legs, and that's something you can't discount that. When you think about, no. you know, Russell Wilson, when you think about Cam Newton, you know, that's part of their production. The fact that you already incorporate, you know, you're not thinking about rushing with Drew Brees, but you are with Colin Kaepernick, and you, yeah. can't, you can't discount that. So when you see his, his passing numbers, you got to also click to the next page and see how much rushing he had, too, and he's pretty valuable there. It's true. He's got, well, he's got seven touchdowns, two interceptions this season. So um, he's, you know what, he he's he's worth it. If you're hurting for a quarterback, I, I'm sure you can probably find something comparable on the waiver wire. But if you're looking for like consistent, a steady hand, he's he you could do worse. Um, Carlos Hyde came back. He actually looked. I thought he looked pretty good. He looked, you know, he was. It's tough to play against this Patriots team, but he had 19 carries for 86 rushing yards. Do you uh, are you feeling confident that he's a he's a trusted fantasy back at this point? Do you feel like he's going to be the guy for San Francisco going forward, unless there's any other injury scares? I think he's played a little better with Kaepern- Kaepernick at the helm. Mm, yeah, um, I think it's kind of opened up the uh, because you just have to respect the fact that Kaepernick can he can run the football on you. So, yeah, um, I, I think it, it gives the it gives them a little more flexibility in terms of uh, just the defense respecting mm-hmm. respecting his ability. So Hyde's actually benefited from it. So he looks a lot better. Also, they're throwing a lot more to the running backs out of the backfield. Yeah, they are. Captain of him. So mm-hmm. it's, it's really kind of it's opening up the run a little bit more. Uh, anything to say about this Patriots team? Anything new? Any takeaways? Is Malcolm Mitchell really, worth picking up? I mean, what, anything? I, I would say, the, again, the, the wide receiver positions for the Patriots is kind of a hot potato. Edelman's probably, Edelman and obviously my son's Bennett are okay. probably your only two solid pickups. Okay. Like, like the Julian Edelman had a great game. Like, you know, I mean, like you feel confident that this is something he can replicate? Edelman, if you're in a PPR league, you, it's always worth the the risk. Okay. Because okay. more often than not, you'll get rewarded for it. Okay. 
Like, like, cause even if he doesn't get that touchdown, you know, he's going to get seven catches for 80 yards. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Touchdown's a bonus. Okay. Um, anything else to say about this game? Uh, if you're, you've ever got a defense, this is kind of, uh, what I said before about the Cleveland Browns, you got a defense running. It doesn't hurt to put the 49ers, uh, in your crosshairs. Or yeah. actually, if you have offensive players, you put the 49ers in your crosshairs. Mm. Mm. Yeah, they're very soft defense. You can you can you can eat on them. You can feast. Good point. Good point. Like that. Here, everybody, whoever the hell the Niners are playing next week, keep an eye out for them because that defense might be your new streaming defense. Uh, next up, you ready? Let's do it. Pittsburgh Steelers beating up on the Cleveland Browns. Browns are officially zero and eleven on the season. And again, lost another quarterback. Cody Kessler leaves the game with a concussion, and we see Josh McCown back. Um, Man, I got I got nothing for this game. I mean, it, this well, was—it's so bad at this point that the players on offense are pissed off at how bad they're playing and how how beat up their quarterbacks are getting. I mean, they should Terrell be. Pryor was furious. Joe Thomas is frustrated. It's again. This is like I was mentioning before. Forty nine. If you have players on offense and they're playing the Browns, play everybody. You got a defense, play them yeah. against the Browns. It's, it's just not great. It's just, I, you know, I feel bad for Hugh Jackson. I've been saying it all it, season it, now, dude. It's and the he's shittiest a, situation to be put in. It's a terrible situation. Just the quarterbacks are dropping like flies. They can't seem to get anything going on offense. Isaiah Crowell has been a complete non-factor for the last three or four weeks. Um, yeah, there's no point. There's no point in them even running the football. And I think this goes back to also what you're talking about with Hugh Jackson. Yeah. Even the players, they're not throwing Hugh Jackson under the bus. They're saying it's a problem that management has to address. Yeah. They're calling out management. Well, God bless them, of, man, dude, because I don't think Hugh Jackson's the problem. I think he's a step in the right direction. These guys are playing the hard out. It's not, I mean, granted, most of the games have been competitive. Uh, this is just, it's just been a shit show regardless. And Dude, I think it's really starting to take its toll. It's bad. I mean, Corey Coleman got into the mix. He had 12 targets with Terrell Pryor having 10. Um, I kind of want to, I kind of feel like Corey Coleman might have a little bit more of an upside with McCown. Um, cause it sounds like McCown's going to start, maybe not for the rest of the season. There's a, there's a very real chance we'll see Robert Griffin before the season's over. Um, yeah, because um, his injury, uh, I don't know what his timetable was originally, man, I, but I, it's very possible maybe the last two games of the season he might he might make an appearance. I would really like to see that, man. He deserves an opportunity. One game against the Eagles in week one is not enough, man. He just It's he, true. I, he had a rough, he had a really rough just roll of the dice, yeah. for lack of better words. And, you know, I, I really would have liked to have seen what he did over the course of a full season before yeah. you definitively kind of rule him out. But. Yeah, like I really want to see him come back and play like week 14 or 15 or something like that. Oh, sorry, week 13 is when Cleveland finally has their bye. Oh. Yeah, I, I'm not making that shit up. The Browns and the Titans have their bye after Thanksgiving. What? Wow. Well, they need it. They need a breather. Oh my God, do they need it by ever. And, you know, to talk about Pittsburgh for a second, this was the Levy and Bell game. 28 carries, 146 yards, and a rushing touchdown. Big Ben throws no touchdowns and 167 yards. I mean, they didn't need this to do anything. This was a bizarre turn. I, I don't know if they were just padding Le'Veon Bell's stats or what. I'm, I mean, I think they kept it no simple. Other running back, no other running back got involved in this game. Nothing. Nope. They just ripped. It, it was, it, this, the stat line was weird. Dude, I think they nope. kept it simple. I think they were 
ground and pound on this Browns team. They took a lead. That was all she wrote, and they just kept it that way, and they let the defense salt it away for, I I don't want to say a quarter. I want to say four quarters. I think the defense was salting it away as early as the first quarter. It's kind of grim. Just Yeah, it's bad watching Cleveland play, and it's almost – it's past the point of pity where it's almost a mercy killer. It's just put him out of the misery. Yeah. Um, just shut it down. Gary Barnage finally gets a touchdown, but I ask you, Shaka, is this something that's repeatable? Do, do, are you counting on that? It's hard to say. Um, look, again, Zach Bell is hurt. You need a tight end. He, he's a good option. If you had Gronk, you might be kind of disappointed in the, in the drop-off in points. Mm-hmm. But, you know, at this point, I, at least in regards to um, McCown and Barnage having a, a report, mm-hmm. it might be it might be cost effective to go with the Barnage. Okay, okay, that's that's very Again, good. Again, you got to you got to play the matchup on that one. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Especially when it comes to Cleveland, you always need to be looking at who the hell they're playing. Um, anything else to take away on this game? Um, the Giants play in the Browns next week. Ooh. So. New York if football Giants, Giants. dude. If you uh, if you picked up that Giants defense because they were playing the Bears, hang on to them because they got the Browns this I week. Did, I think for one of my leagues, I do have them because I played them against the Bears. So obviously, I'm going to sit on them for the next week. Oh yeah, and, uh, yeah. It just Rashad Jennings, if you got him, he's probably going to feast. Yeah, he's probably going to put on a show against Cleveland. That'll oh god, oh Cleveland, Jesus Christ. It's 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 a shame. Uh, are you ready for the last game on the docket? Let's do it. Miami Dolphins defeating the Los Angeles Rams in the last two minutes of the game. The Dude, the, the Dolphins are officially on a five-game winning streak, but they did look like jack shit until the final two <laughs> minutes of this game. Ryan Tannehill at the helm. Dude. Won five games in a row. Ryan Tannehill, I, I don't understand it. I, I don't... I mean, it says more to me about the Rams choking in the final two minutes of the game. Uh, But at the same time, like, were the Dolphins just playing like crap throughout the beginning of the game? I I mean, Jared Goff started. I don't really know if that swayed anything one way or the other. He was very conservative. You know, he didn't turn the ball over. I think they did the conservative thing. It really, um, he didn't look terrible. He at moments he looked very poised and composed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I mean, they weren't really going to take any risks out there. No, uh, they didn't. I don't think they threw any deep passes at all. So Kenny Britt didn't have a chance to get an aired out pass. Brian nope. Quick didn't ch- get a chance to, you know. Again, Tavon Austin, who we wonder, what are they? What is he being paid to do exactly? They really did not. Again, they didn't take any risks and. Uh, you guys are they're four and five coming into this game. What yeah. the fuck do you have to lose? Yeah. See what you have. Fucking throw the football. I mean at four and five they were at least still kind of sort of in the hunt in that NFC and I mean I can't say that anymore. No, and not at all. And uh you know, again, Ryan Tannehill didn't do anything spectacular. No. And this... he did just enough. Devontae Parker, who was my early early in the season, he was kind of my, my dark horse pick. I remember you saying that. You were like look out for top. this guy top 10 or top 15 wide receiver didn't do jack shit all of a sudden he gets 10 targets in a game yeah and and dude and also again none of this happened until the end of the game like these guys had put up nothing until the final two drives of the game yeah i i I don't know if it's all of a sudden the sense of urgency but miami you know 
two touchdowns in the final quarter. Um, and that one touchdown by Jarvis Landry, where they oh, yeah. literally where it was like a I, it was like a rugby scrum. That was one of the most bizarre things I've seen in a long fucking time. Where I, is he down? Is, yeah, because every time we see something like that, there's always a ref who's blowing his whistle, yeah, running in in the middle of it. Play dead, and they just let that one play out. So that was kind of amazing to watch. That but. was amazing. It's but at the same time, I kind of almost want to say, is Devonte Parker more like like who's more reliable? Devontae Parker or Jarvis Landry? Uh, I'm going to say without question Jarvis Landry, actually. Devontae Parker's had games where he's been practically non-existent or uh-huh. he's been targeted once. Uh-huh. I don't really know if that's a problem with him and um, the offensive coordinators. Mm-hmm. And they just, like, he could be one of those guys. He's super talented and troubled. Or if, you know, he just he kind of checks out on games. But when he's actually paying attention... And he's around. He's he had eight eight catches and ten targets, and you know he he keeps the chains moving. I I want to say I think he has more of an upside than Landry. Okay. Landry is probably the more consistent guy. Okay. Um, Todd Gurley finally gets a touchdown. He had a couple long runs. Um, are you believing this Todd Gurley stuff? Like, do you feel positive about him moving forward at all, or you think it's going to be more schlock and this is just an anomaly? Uh, I, I think the I think the Miami uh, defense is soft on the run, and if you really you really pound the football, you can you can you can have a pretty solid day. And I'm so I'm not saying it was a fluke by Todd Gurley, but I, he did what I expected, you know, especially against the the Miami defense. Okay, um, Miami six and four, real quick. Do you think they can make the playoffs in the AFC? I gotta look at their schedule, the strength of their schedule, but it's—I should say no, but anything's possible at this point. Yeah. They shouldn't even be six and four. I mean, it's tough—it's no. tough when we, you know you're talking about the Broncos and the Chiefs and the Raiders and you know and the Patriots, but you, we yeah, exactly. we can no I longer a deny a legitimate contender. But the Dolphins—you you, can't—they're like you know that kid who's just been shouting and shouting and you and mushing him and you, and you, you have to like ignore, you have to at least concede that they're doing something right like with Tannehill it's hard for me to trust them to do anything but got to give credit to Adam Gase this team looks a lot better than they did last season and certainly better than they did in the first three weeks of the season yeah he's he's, he's made something out of kind of a, a, a disappointment even if you consider you know um Aaron Foster I know. Season. You know, it's, coming out of nowhere and just so it's, so it's much can happen surprising. in a season, man. I mean, you said it. Arian Foster was at the beginning. Now we've got Jay Ajayi, who, I mean, dude, they were down on him in the preseason, and now this guy, you know, was breaking records. Yeah, I, I remember last year. I was expecting him. I was eyeballing him in fantasy last year as eventually taking over the starting job, and then all of a sudden, just like that, he fell off the face of the earth. So. It, yeah, you're right. Things can change in a in a blink. Dude, that is all the games from Week 11. Thank you for breaking each one of them down. I think everyone has enough to chew on and ruminate as they go into the end of their fantasy football seasons. But Shaka, it's time to talk Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving Day games, and who you think's going to win these games. You ready for some picks, Kim Pick'em, brother? Let's do it. Let's do it. Thanksgiving Day game, 12.30 Eastern, or as I like to call it, 11.30 in the morning Central, because that's how early it'll be for me when I watch this game. (laughs) Minnesota Vikings go on the road against the Detroit Lions to fight it out for the division lead. Shaka, who you got? 
you know, I've heard, I, I heard you when you, you said, you think this Lions team, they can do it. And you know what? I believe in you. I believe in you, Sam. Wow. I think they can. I convinced I think, you. Uh, I, I think if they come in with the right just mindset, because, look, I, that Vikings defense is still pretty fucking good. Yep, yep. But at the end of the day, we cannot, we cannot discount just how bad that Vikings offense is <laughs> and just how they cannot put anything together. I think if the Vikings actually tried to run the football against the Lions, they could. But they're probably not going to. No. So um, just expect... Just expect them to try to throw the football. And Sam Bradford, you know, you can't throw to Stephen Diggs every single down nope. and, and pull out a victory. Nope. So I'm going to go um, in a close one. Probably going to be decided by a couple field goals. I'm going to go Lions over Vikings. Dude, I'm going to completely agree. You heard me earlier in the podcast. I'm going to say it again. I'm picking the Lions over the Vikings. I have very little respect for the Vikings right now. Do not think much of their defense. As I, Listen, I love their defense, but I also can't deny the fact that they've been sputtering and their offense is an absolute fucking dumpster fire. Um, <laughs> Detroit Lions, though, man. Matthew Stafford, maybe he's not an MVP candidate anymore, but he was earlier in the season. Golden Tate the is... Guy can play. Guy can play, man. Golden Tate, you said it, he's talented. Marvin Jones, maybe this is the game where he comes back up. Eric Ebron, theoretic. I mean, they've got playmakers on that side of the ball, and... Don't sleep on their defense either, man. I think they're going to give Sam Bradford some trouble picking the Lions all the way on Thanksgiving. What else we got? Next game up, Washington Redskins go on the road against the 9-1 Dallas Cowboys. It's going to be a hell of a game because we're talking 6-3-1 Redskins, 9-1 Cowboys. Shaka, who you got? I'm only going to give the Redskins some credit because this is a divisional game. Yep. And I... I'm sure Kirk that's, Cousins has this on his calendar. That's when upsets happen, man. Because you know, you know he's gonna love it if he can go in and take out two rookies. You like that? However, you like that? I see Ezekiel Elliott fucking having a goddamn field day on Thanksgiving. He's gonna. I'm. I'm saying definitely 120 yards rushing. Ooh. At least he's 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 gonna outrun that defense. It's a solid defense, but. I don't see them having an answer from him. Maybe Prescott has a little bit, kind of a, let's say he doesn't have as good of a game as he's been having the last couple weeks. Mm -hmm. I say Elliott puts the team on his back. His Cowboys defense shows up, um, sticks it to Rob Kelly in the run game. Deshaun Jackson's kind of a, Mm -hmm. I love Deshaun Jackson, but he just, (laughs) the guy's not the most disciplined uh, wide receiver in the NFL. I think the the Redskins' weapons fall just short of a a Des Bryant-powered Cowboys offense. Wow. Sorry, buddy. Cowboys over Redskins for sure in this one. Dude, I'm agreeing with you. I'm picking the Cowboys. Nothing's going to stop this juggernaut. Ezekiel Elliott, I mean, this is going to be a clash of the Titans because, dude, the Redskins, listen, I got to believe it, man. They've got a dangerous offense. They've got a pretty good defense, but... Cowboys got a dangerous offense and a pretty good defense as well, but I think the Cowboys have got more things going their way. This is going to be a hell of a game. I watched the uh, first game between these two teams earlier in the season. It was also very close, very competitive, and it came down to a score at the end of the game. I I completely agree with you. I think it's going to come down to a score at the end of the game as well, but I got to give the benefit of the doubt to the Cowboys. Thanksgiving Day in Dallas, Ezekiel Elliott, man, you nailed it, man. He's going to run all over the place, and I don't care what R. Kelly does, man. 
it's not <laughs> not going to stop Prescott and Elliott from doing what they do. Cowboys, one hundred percent. Guys are too good. Sunday night or Sunday night football, Thanksgiving night football. Pittsburgh Steelers going on the road against the Indianapolis Colts, and we know now there's a very real chance Andrew Luck will not play. Shaka, who you got? If you're listening, you're playing the Steelers defense if you got them. And I think that should pretty much sum up how much confidence I have in the Indianapolis Colts. Let me ask you I this. Think, no, go, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead, please. I, I was going to say, I was like, I think if anything, I would say expect Frank Gore to have a much heavier workload this week. T.Y. Hilton might get a score. But I, I honestly, you know, from a fantasy standpoint, you're not going to look at many points. I say maybe 14 for the Colts, but I, I think the Steelers are going to come in here and they're going to do their damn job because, uh, you know, you, you have an opportunity to put your foot on the team's throat, especially when you're still in the playoff hunt and you're, 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 you're really just trying to lock things up. You, you need these wins. I don't think the Steelers are going to come in here and play games. I think they're going to come in here and they're going to handle business. Let me ask you this. If Andrew Luck was starting and you knew he was starting, who would you pick? I think it would be a much closer and a tougher decision. I still would give the Steelers a slight edge just okay. because okay. on a good day, that offense is just so damn lethal. Yeah. I can't see the, the Colts having an answer for Le'Veon Bell, whether he's running the football mm-hmm. or he's catching it out of the backfield. He's just he's so talented and he's so fast and he's just... He's, he's such a big game changer for the Steelers. It's such a different team mm-hmm. when he's on the field that I don't see Andrew Luck having that kind of comparable help on the other side of the football. Now okay. you think about that and you consider them playing the Titans last week mm-hmm. and just the Titans not showing up and not doing what they need to do. It's not the same kind of thing you're going to expect from the Steelers. Steelers, yeah. they're, 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 they're big game players. I'm uh, I'm with you, man. I'm picking the Steelers as well. Andrew Luck or not, I'm still going the Steelers, and I agree. I think with Andrew Luck in the game, it would probably be more explosive, uh, more scoring, more deep passes. But uh, you know, Steelers would still find a way to win. And you know, without Andrew Luck, man, it's going to be all Pittsburgh all day. Um, I I picture Big Ben airing the ball out. I'm thinking Antonio Brown might even have two touchdowns. You know he's gonna have a he's gonna find multiple opportunities to do da- to be dancing in the end zone and uh, eating some turkey legs by the time the game is over. I gotta go all Steelers. Yeah, man. It's Thanksgiving. I think they I think they're gonna wanna. I don't wanna say they wanna show them up, but they 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 wanna entertain. Yeah, and you, on a night when people are gonna be watching. Dude, and you nailed it. This is a this is we're talking playoffs now. Like every game counts, and Pittsburgh needs us to stay in the hunt. I I gotta go with Pittsburgh. All right, Sunday after Thanksgiving. Here we go. Slate of games. Tennessee Titans go on the road against the Chicago Bears. Shaka, who you got? This is a much tougher pick. I mean, yeah. I, I think about, um, like granted, Chicago does not have a fantastic record. Uh, Tennessee's a be- they're a beatable team. They're, their defense is not that good. Mm-hmm. If, if, the, if the Bears can get in the backfield and shake up Mariota, mm-hmm. I, I think the only thing they really kind of have to contend with is the fact that uh, DeMarco Murray is is a man amongst boys when he's running the football. He's, uh, he's really the only thing that they probably won't have too much of a, a say in. But if Chicago can come in and do... Is this, actually, this is a Chicago home game, isn't it? It's in Chicago, Soldier Field. they got to come to Soldier Field. I, I, God, I, I feel weird making this pick, but I want to say I'm going to go Chicago. 
Okay. Really, really. I, I, I like Jordan Howard's chances of pounding this Tennessee defense. And I, I, I really, I, I kind of think Chicago's going to, it's going to be a surprise. I don't think they're a better team by any means. But I think they're going to surprise them. I think they're going to steal one away here from Tennessee. Okay. All right, that's I respect that. It's bold pick. Listen, and it's my yeah, it's my out there pick. You know, and and it's also you're in Chicago. Chicago's a team that you know. Listen, they are still a credible team. They're not they're not thoroughly atrocious. They do know how to pull out a win. You know, I mean, we they looked pretty impressive that Monday night on Halloween against the Vikings. You know, that was you can't yeah. can't can't shout at that. But I'm still picking the Titans. Even though, you know, I'm believing in this team, I think they have ways of dropping games that they should win, and I think that this game, I don't think they should win this, which means this is when they're going to show up. I think this is when DeMarco Murray does look good. I think this is when Marcus Mariota does put on a show, and... um I mean, the Bears, they've just had so many injuries, and then, of course, the suspensions. I've got so little faith in their ability to do anything. I think Tennessee's going to put a lot of points on them, and i got to go Titans. Wow, okay. Even in, although in, I, in any case, I'll say this. In any case, if you're from a fantasy standpoint, the matchup is favorable for both sides. Absolutely, really. absolutely. I think, I think if you've got guys riding the pine, you should really check your matchups and, and just really kind of break down where you're going to get your most points Like, from. this is so Richard Matthews. This is a great matchup for Richard Matthews. Absolutely, absolutely. He's going to feast. I think he's going to at least give you minimum 12 fantasy points. Yeah, but I, I just, even with all this, you know, I, 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 I like the Titans. I think that they've got something in them where, you know, they still want to stay in the hunt. If they want to stay in the hunt for their division, they need to win this game. Yeah, this is one of those you can't play around with, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, next up, Jacksonville Jaguars go on the road against the Buffalo Bills. Shaka, who you got? Oof. I, I really, I, I can't see any way that Blake doesn't bottle this up. Uh, <laughs> Buffalo, Buffalo, man, Buffalo looked better than I like to admit. Um, even with Chidi McCoy kind of a question mark coming into this, I think Gillsley, if he's a starter, he's going to have a damn good game. Um... They, if they both play, I think they're going to have a good game. Um, I really like that Buffalo secondary as well. They, they play good defense. Mm-hmm. It's not really something that we, even we talk about much, but their secondary is pretty damn good. Yeah. Um, and I, Bortles, Bortles got 13 picks this year. Oh, I mean, just God. Think about that. He's got 13 interceptions this year. I'm not saying play the Bills defense, but if you got him and you really don't have much of a better option in terms of fantasy defenses, it, 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 you can't it, – it's not the worst – value you can get um that being said i, I think the jacksonville's gonna score um but i still like tyron taylor and his okay. chances against the jacksonville defense okay i like the rushing game um granted they don't have much of a passing game i think you can expect a lot of a lot of running from the bills and i think they're going to be very effective okay um so i, I gotta go bills in this one jacksonville is not good no, I, I agree. I'm going Bills too, man. This is it's we're starting to get into cold weather. You're going to be in Buffalo. They want to run it. They want to play stiff defense. And the Jaguars, man, Bortles going to Bortle it up, man. He's going to try to throw some Bortles. They're going to get they're going to get Bortled off by the defenders. The defenders are going to do some pick Bortles, six pick Bortles, and uh, it, it, I every everything that the Jaguars need to win this game, in my opinion, run the ball and play good defense is what they haven't been doing well. It's all Bills all the way. Yeah, man. 
next up, Cincinnati Bengals go on the road against the Baltimore Ravens. <laughs> Shaka, who you got? Well, I would have said a week ago that this was a tougher matchup to pick just because they, they're, they're comparable in terms of uh, the weapons they have. But, man, you think about it. A.J. Green's done for the season. Yeah. Giovanni yeah. Bernard's not in that backfield nope. to help out. Nope. Um, it really kind of shifts the balance here of power. Even, and, and even then, like we said, Andy Dalton's not that great. Yeah. Um, the, the Cincinnati as a whole has been kind of underwhelming this year, and now you got to go up against a Baltimore Ravens defense. Man, they're probably looking at chops there. Yeah, man. And this is a team, you this know. Ravens team is, again, they're trying to fight for this division. Yeah, Steve Smith is back. He's healthy. you got uh, Mike Wallace. Flacco's going to throw the football. He's going to challenge that secondary, uh, especially when, you know, exactly what they have to face on the other side of the football. I, I think um, Baltimore's chances of coming out with this, they've, they can't afford to lose this. Again, this is one of those situations where this is a big game, and I think they're going to come in hungry, and I think they're going to come in ready to play. i, I got to go Baltimore in this one. Okay. I'm agreeing with you. I'm picking the Ravens as well. As, as I've told you, I've completely lost faith in the Bengals. You pile on these injuries. I have, I have even less faith in them. The Ravens, as, as bad as their offense is, uh, I think they still find ways to move the ball. And their defense is really the, mar- the hallmark of their team right now. And, you know, they're, they're going to strangle the, the Bengals a little bit. I, I think anything can happen. I think it's going to be a physical game. That AFC North, the black and blue division, those guys hit each other hard. But yep. in Baltimore... The Ravens needing a win, you know, they're going to find a way to squeeze this one out. I mean, Cincinnati is in a complete tailspin. I'm going all Ravens, baby. Who we got next? Next up on the docket, Arizona Cardinals go on the road against the Atlanta Falcons. Shaka, who you got? Talk about another team in a tailspin. Um, Falcons were off. This is a tough one. Bye last week. Yeah, Falcons are coming off a bye. So they're going to be fresh. Um, I'm sure Matt Ryan is probably not happy with his team's record. They probably should be better off than they actually are on paper. Um, that being said, uh, it's going to be Julia Jones versus Patrick Peterson. Mm-hmm. That's going to be interesting to watch. Mm-hmm. Well, Sanu might have a big game because after that, I don't know who Arizona's got mm-hmm. trying to, to cover. Was it Austin, Austin Hooper. And uh, oh oh who oh no I'm sorry who Arizona had I mean I don't I think Tyron Matthew he might miss another game man he missed last yeah, I think week he's still hurt he's still hurt so yeah the Arizona secondary is looking a little bit shaky and you factor in uh, Carson Palmer has been playing top notch football I nope. think he, he might have a better chance against this Atlanta secondary than he did last week but I mean Atlanta's got all the tools man they got the run game. Uh, David Johnson's going to have a big game as well. I bet mm-hmm. I, I, Atlanta's just got too much firepower for Arizona, and Carson Palmer is is a goddamn roller coaster right now Dude. in fantasy. So I mean, play him at your own risk. Mm-hmm. If you got nothing better, he should. On paper, he should have a pretty favorable and good matchup. Yeah, but you know what? He might he might border this one up. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go Atlanta on this one. Uh. I'm a, I love it. We're just. I want to use that. I want to use that for the rest of the season. <laughs> hey, as soon as I heard it, I was like, "Oh my god! Why has no one thought of this?" Before? Every shitty play is like, "Well, he really bortled that." <laughs> That's credit to Deadspin for that one. By oh the way. my god! Um, uh, who do, who are you crediting that? Deadspin. Uh, Deadspin. All right. 
Copyright Deadspin. <laughs> They've got an article. They have an whole article. It's called uh, Blake Riley Bordels This Throne. Oh my god, dude. And it's it's somehow so fitting. Just so fitting. <laughs> um, I'm also picking the Falcons. I think Arizona coming into Atlanta. Atlanta's coming off the bye. I think it's going to be a shootout. I think that Atlanta, you know, finds ways to let up big plays, and I think Arizona does as well. Um, I right. think that uh, Atlanta's certainly going to run the ball on them, just like Arizona's going to run the ball on Atlanta. These are two teams that, you know, have had difficulty finding their groove. Atlanta has looked amazing at times, but then has also looked inept at times. I think Arizona has had more problems than Atlanta, and that's why I kind of feel like coming off a bye in the Dome, at home, there'll be a lot of scoring, but... Matty Ice and the Falcons are going to find a way to win. They'll probably, you know, it'll probably be like who has the ball last and who kicks the game-winning field goal, and I think it'll be the Falcons. So I'm going all Falcons I, as well. I think that's a good call, actually. This one might come down to a field goal or two. And Atlanta's definitely um, run the score up under some teams, but they've also let teams run up on them. Yes. And still had to come down to a field goal. Yeah. Um, but I still think at home, coming off that bye, Falcons, Falcons, Falcons. Um, Absolutely. New York Giants on the road against the Cleveland Browns. Shaka, who you got? This is an easy one. Um, <laughs> obviously, you know who my choice is going to be in this one, so I'm just going to tell you. Again, Rashad Jennings, you got him. Play him because I'm, I'm positive the Giants are going to give him at least 20, 20 rush attempts. Mm-hmm. Just, to, just, to, just to pound it on uh, to the Browns on the ground. Um Again, you got the Giants defense. I know I have him in one league. I'm I'm for sure playing him. I'm probably going to look to pick him up in the other league if someone doesn't have him. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you to do the same. Uh, <laughs> it's just There's just not much going on with that Cleveland offense. I, nope. I know they're trying. I know Terrell Pryor would love to, to actually have a quarterback who can make things happen, but it, it, it's grim, man. It's looking really grim. Um, and that Giants defense is savage. Yeah. They're going to... They're going to make this a living hell on the offensive line. Um, so this is just for strictly for maximizing fantasy value. You play the Giants defense, you play Jennings. Obviously, you play Beckham. He's every week. Yeah. Um, you, you, you let the dogs of war loose on these guys. Yeah. I got Giants all the way. Dude, I'm picking the Giants as well, man. I think you're I, – I, 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 you said it all. Rashad Jennings, start the defense. The only – I'd say start Eli Manning. Start Odell Beckham. <laughs> start all of them. <laughs> I mean that's saying something. I'm like, start Eli Manning. It's like no you know, question. you you know I'm I'm talking I'm talking for realsies when I'm saying start Eli Manning. I don't always jump yeah, out I and say start Eli. I kind of hesitate just because when we think about the Steelers played him, um, Roethlisberger didn't actually need to throw any touchdown passes. Yeah, that's true. That's they that might, is true. They might play it safe. They might not even give him a chance to throw an interception. They might just run the fucking football. It, it, it might be like it might you know you might see like twenty five carries from Rashad Jennings and then like yeah, exactly. and then like eighteen it's, carries from Paul Perkins in the fourth quarter alone. It's entirely possible. I would say <laughs> look, Eli gets at least one touchdown pass, but okay. um, don't be surprised if he doesn't have like. Uh, Tom Brady for a touchdown day. Yeah, it's just not necessary. We don't need to. We don't need to do this. But either way, I think we're both in agreement. Giants all the way. All the way. Uh, next up, Los Angeles Rams go on the road against the New Orleans Saints in the Superdome down in Louisiana. Shaka, who you got? I'm gonna give the Rams a little bit of credit, man. They have been a goddamn stonewall on defense for everybody. They have been good. Every single time. Every time I, I, I think a team's going to at least put some points up, it's not happening. Teams just 
score touchdowns on these guys that often. Um, that being said, I think I'm finally, I'm like, I'm convinced. I'm pounding my fist here that the Saints are going to score a couple touchdowns on these guys. They have okay. to. Somebody's got to break the damn, break the damn wall down. Okay. Um, and look, Breeze in the Dome is, he's God practically. Yeah. He, he, you know, he's, he's Kanye without the mental breakdown. <laughs> so, um, so I'm, I'm going to go with the Saints, obviously, in this one, but I, I played, look, Drew Breeze, you play him every week, even against a tough defense like this. Um, the running game might be a little bit more of a question, especially mm-hmm. with Ingram, concussion protocol, and um, high power. They might they might get a, a shared role, but even then, it's not going to be great. Yeah. But um, that being said, I'm going Saints all the way. No, I'm picking the Saints as well. Drew Brees at home is God. You nailed it, man. Um, maybe not Kanye without, before the mental breakdown, but definitely God. Uh, even against the Rams D, I, I, all, all Brees, all Saints – I mean, I love them. I they will find ways to get the ball in the end zone when they're in when they're in the Superdome. It's like magic there. It's it, I can't put my finger on it. At least this season, that's how he's rolling. So I'm picking the Saints as well. Um, next up, San Francisco 49ers fly across the country to play the Miami Dolphins in Miami. Shaka, who you got? Ah, uh, this is a uh, first off. Jay Ajayi, you got him. You play him. You better play him. Oh, yeah. He's, I'm sure he's got this circle on his calendar. He's probably trying to go for another 200 yeah, yards. All, the, all that shit we talked about with, like, playing the Browns, same thing applies to the Niners, guys. 100%. Um, that being said, I'm kind of curious to see how Tannehill does against the 49ers secondary. They're not anything to write home about, but mm-hmm. Tannehill's just so not great. That's entirely possible. He'll he'll give him a couple chances to, to mm. pick him off. Oh, and and I'm actually said. I'm reading here right now on ESPN that uh, safety Eric Reed for the Niners has been put on uh, injured reserve because of a torn bicep. Oh wow! So there's um, another sort of like you know subtraction from the Niners secondary. As if that was necessary. Like they needed any more um, reasons to. Yeah. You're not saying you start Ryan Tannehill though, are you? No, no way, no way. I don't think Tannehill's <laughs> going to have a great game regardless. I think he's probably going to still throw a pick in this game. Yeah. Um, but you absolutely, if you don't play a Jai, you must have, like, David Johnson and God knows who else. Uh, LeGarrette Blunt. Well, you have to have some good reason not to play uh, a Jai in this game because he's, he's guaranteed to get 100 yards yeah. on that on that, um, that front seven. They're Dude. not good at all. Um. That being said, the Miami Dolphins won five games in a row. For me to, to kind of scoff at them would be ridiculous. They're, they're, they're spanking everybody. Um, and besides that, I tell you, uh, Colin Kaepernick is not a terrible choice for fantasy quarterback. Okay. But okay. Again, if you you got to be really at the odds. you got to be really at the outs okay. to be considering him. But um, again, look, he's, he's a better choice, I'd say, than the Bortles. Okay. Or... Yeah. Alex um, Smith, for that matter. Alex Smith, yeah. Alex Smith is dead. Or, even, or even Joe Flacco, man. I think I would start Kaepernick against the Dolphins over Joe Flacco against the Bengals. I would say that's fair, just because Kaepernick is less of an interception risk or a fumble risk, for I agree. that matter. And you're probably getting a little more points value on him because mm-hmm. he runs the football. Mm-hmm. And look, again, they're going to be playing from behind every game. So. Yep. His only job is to to run the score up as much as he can. So I mean, 
your upside is way higher with a Kaepernick than it is with a Flacco. Okay. Um, that being said, I, they don't have a chance in hell, I don't think, against no. Miami. But no. who knows? Who knows? Miami might find a way to, to, to call this one. Or rather, I should say Tannehill, not Miami. Yes, yes. Uh, I'm also, dude, I'm also picking the Dolphins, although I do recall the Dolphins nearly losing to the Cleveland Browns in Miami. This is an opportunity where if the Niners are going to pull out a game, this could be it. This could be it. I'm still picking the Dolphins, but this could be it. I wouldn't be surprised if they ended up losing this one, but I mean, Miami's clearly on paper, they're, they're the favorite. They're the better team. Um, next up, San Diego Chargers go on the road against the Houston Texans. Shaka, who you got? Oh, man. Chargers want to buy this week, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I enjoy watching the Chargers game every now and then. I just like Philip Rivers, man. I mean, sometimes he has a, a clunker of a game. I love but, watching um, Philip Rivers, man. I love it. I've always been a big fan. Uh, I, that being said, he's got, a, he's got a little tough matchup in front of him uh, with Houston. Mm-hmm. They're, they're trying to keep themselves in the fight. They're they're, they're winning. They're beating teams with yep. that defense. Yep. Um. So I hope they don't come off the bye and 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 lay a goose egg in Houston. Still, I I, I got to give Houston the edge here. They're they're somehow managing to win games. They're still running the football pretty well. Um. If Osweiler can manage to not get a laser pointed in his face, <laughs> he's still got. He's still got the advantage here over Rivers because he's got a slightly better team on both sides of the football. I got to go Houston in a very close game, but I would not be surprised if Philip Rivers comes in here and fucking surprises everybody. Dude, I I couldn't I couldn't agree more. If anybody has magic up his sleeve, who figures out a way to throw a fourth quarter touchdown, it's Philip Rivers. But I'm totally in agreement with you. I think Houston's going to win this game. I'm picking the Texans. They are five and zero at home. They're really good at home. They have they still have a really dangerous defense. And, you know, I think Osweiler and Lamar Miller, you know, they find ways to kind of put points on the board when they're playing at home. And as better as the Chargers' defense has been, this seems like a prime opportunity for them to, again, sort of surprise everyone by letting the game slip through their fingers. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to put my money on the Texans. That should be a fun game, though, still that, to watch. Definitely I, I, a great I, game. Phil Rivers, I mean, the guy's just, he he's a fighter, so. Dude, it's, that's going to be an amazing game to watch. And and down here in Houston, uh, Austin area, it'll be on TV, so I get to, get, I get to watch that one. Nice. Uh, next up, Seattle Seahawks fly across the country to play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Shaka, who you got? Uh, Seattle's too hot right now for me to even to even really give this too much thought. Um, James Winston's been playing well, but he, that that Legion of Boom is just too much for a, a lot of teams right now. Uh, and Thomas Rawls is coming, going to be starting healthy. They're going to ground the pound. I think mm-hmm. they're going to have a nice balance uh, from air to ground on Tampa Bay. And uh, Mike Evans, if they key in on him, as many targets as he gets, it's still going to be. Uh, a tough day. He's gonna he's gonna get punished. I think uh, by that Seattle defense. I gotta go Seattle easily, man. They're gonna come in here and they're gonna they're gonna do the, the damn thing. They're not gonna give Tampa Bay a chance to 
Patriots just scribble one away from them. No, I completely agree. Seahawks all the way. I, I mean, after I saw them dismantle the Eagles, I think they're going to do the same thing to the Buccaneers. This team is is just they're on fire right now at the right time. You know, Tampa Bay I think is going to play a good game, but they just are not on the same level as the Seahawks. Seattle no. all the way. Uh, Carolina Panthers fly across the country to play the Oakland Raiders. Shaka, who you got? Carolina has been a—they've been competitive, man. They—they—they they still have a pulse somehow, even though they're not a good team. Mm-hmm. But that being said, they're really not—they're not ready for the buzzsaw that is Oakland. Yeah. Even without much of a running game, I, you know, which is fine because Carolina's run defense is still pretty solid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think they really have an answer in the secondary for what Derek Carr can do. I agree. Um, even with Crabtree not having a great game last week, he's still just so much of a threat. They're just Amari Cooper. They're just so flexible. He can hurt you in so many ways. Um, I think they're going to have a field day. I think Cam's going to. He's. Uh, I think he's in trouble. I, yeah. I think Oakland's going to. I think Oakland's going to put a beating on them. Maybe not bad, but I think two touchdowns at least. Yeah. Oakland over Carolina. No, I'm 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 totally agreeing with you. I'm picking the Raiders as well. You know, I don't you said it. I don't think they run the ball as well, but you know what? I don't have any respect for the Panthers secondary, and I think Derek Carr is gonna throw the ball all over the place. Um I think Cam Newton is gonna try to work some magic, but I think that again, I don't the Oakland Raiders D is like that Cowboys D. They're not brilliant, but they yeah. make plays when they need to. They stop the ball when they need to, and I just I don't think Carolina is going to be able to put enough points on the board, and I think, and I don't think they're going to slow down that Raiders team. I got to go Raiders. Next up, Bill Belichick, Tom Brady, New England Patriots coming to the Meadowlands and playing your New York Jets. Shaka, who you got? This might be my shortest uh, prediction this week. Ryan Fitzpatrick, and even a little more composed and more poised than uh, Bryce Petty. Uh, the, that Patriots team is just, it's too damn good. Uh, they're, they're not going to play around with the Jets. The Jets are, are pretty much a, this is a this is a gimme game for the Patriots. Yeah. I say Tom Brady throws three touchdowns. Oh, three touchdowns. Um, the Garrett Blunt gets one. The uh, <laughs> Patriots they handle the Jets soundly, and I'm a Jets fan, and I'm I'm saying this one's going to be. It's going to be a hard watch. Dude, you are you are more of a man than me, man. It is hard to do that. I, I'm going to agree. I'm picking the Patriots as well. I, dude, The Patriots are just an absolute behemoth, and the Jets have got a lot of problems they need to figure out. It's tough, but, dude, Patriots. I mean, they're both playing in the same league, but, I mean, they're on different levels right now, basically. Yeah, and, hey, man, you've got to deal with it every year because it's their same division twice a year. I mean, I feel you, brother. What we got next? Next up, Sunday night football. Kansas City Chiefs go on the road against the Denver Broncos. 7-3 and three divisional matchup. That's going to be a hell of a game. That might be Shaka's game of the week. That might be the game of the week. You got two damn good defenses. Um, two quarterbacks who are okay, not exceptional. Man, this one might come down to the run. And, and good the defenses, run. man. This is – oh, you yeah. already said that. Sorry. No, I mean, I'm just thinking, like, who can run the football better against these defenses? I mean, I mean wow. right now, I might say Kansas City. And this is, yeah, this is a tough one. I mean, I'm going to have to go with Denver slightly because they're at home. Yeah. Uh, but, man, this is a, this this can go either way. I, I think Denver's got the potential to put up more points, though, just because Kansas City's got the injuries uh, yeah. to Macklin. Um, 
And they're really just still trying to find, I guess, an outlet on offense. Who's the guy who can kind of pick up the slack? Mm-hmm. Uh, Denver, on the other hand, um, Trevor Simeon just really kind of needs to just to get Emmanuel Sanders involved. I yeah. think he's kind of the X factor in this one. Just to really have him uh, be involved as much as Demarius Thomas. Uh, I think Devontae Book has kind of been a disappointment mm-hmm. in replacement mm-hmm. to C.J. Anderson. Yeah, so I agree with you. I was thinking he was going to have a, a, a big surprise and uh, just really kind of solidify that position. But uh, I think it's going to come down to the pass for Denver. And for Kansas City, it's going to come down to the run. I'm going to give Denver a slight edge at home. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm having trouble figuring this out right now as we're talking about hard, it. Man. But, dude, you nailed it, man. I, I got to go with the Broncos. Uh, give, they're at home. I think they can throw the ball a little bit better. I think they're able to put more points on the board. You, you really nailed it. Um, but I do think this is going to be this is going to be a tough matchup. It's going to be ground and pound from both teams. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of defense. Um, like defense is going to showcase in this game on both sides of the ball. I think field position, punts are going to decide a lot of things. Field goals are going to decide a lot of things. But I mean, talk about a hell of a matchup. Two divisional teams fighting to win the to win that AFC West. I mean, they are both really, really good. But I think in Denver, give a little home team advantage um, and a little bit of an advantage. You know, maybe Trevor Simeon, like he might throw one touchdown and that'll be maybe the only touchdown they score. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm going to make sure I'm, I'm watching this one. I have to, I just got to check this one out. Yeah, it's the, not usually my fair to watch a Chiefs game, but I, I really... This, is, this one's too good to pass up. Yeah, this is going to be fun. Uh, okay, final game of the ticket, Monday Night Football. My Philadelphia Eagles playing the Green Bay Packers in Philadelphia. Shaka, who you got, man? Look, man, I like Aaron Rodgers. The guy likes to show up on a Monday Night Football game. He does. But I think, I think the state of the Green Bay Packers right now, he's running into the Eagles at the wrong opportune time. Ooh, I love but, it when know, you talk dirty to me. <laughs> I mean, look, man, uh, the Eagles, I'm sure they're, they're licking their wounds. They had a rough one last week. And I think, uh, I think they, they, look, they're going to be hungry. I, I don't think they're going to want to let a Green Bay Packers team that's not that good on both sides of the football. Well, actually, the offense is still pretty okay, but on the defense, they're not going to let them come into their house and show them up. Nope. I think uh, I think Philly shows up to play. I think they try to establish the run early. Mm-hmm. I really think they're going to really, really try to establish the run because Green Bay's defense is soft, especially in the ground. And I think uh, I think they key in on on a Cobb, a Randall Cobb, and uh, and really Jordy Nelson. Jordy Nelson's I wouldn't say the X factor for the Packers, but if you can kind of keep him quiet, I think you got a good chance to win a football game. I'm going to go Eagles on this one at home. I'm going the Eagles all the way. Uh, they are four and zero at home. They uh, Packers are one and four on the road. Uh, I think the Packers are certainly susceptible to get their asses kicked by the Eagles. One warning I'm going to throw out there. This is a bad matchup for the Eagles, okay? Their secondary has been part of their weaknesses on defense. Aaron Rodgers likes to throw the ball. Uh, The Eagles' run game now is dealing with injury. That might be a problem for them. But... You nailed it, man. They're going to start that run early. They're going to hold the ball and control time of possession. I think they're going to get third downs on this soft Packers defense. And I think that, you know what? When they need to make big plays on defense, the Eagles are going to make big plays on defense. Even with Aaron Rodgers and the scariness of the Packers, 
You nailed it, man. They're coming up on the Eagles at the absolute wrong time. Philadelphia Eagles all the way. I'm picking a Monday night football win. It would be very interesting to see how well the Eagles control the time of possession with the run. Yes. Just because you you want to keep Aaron Rodgers off the field. The longer you give him, it could be a 12, 13-play drive before he pounds it in for a touchdown. You know, control the time of possession, force him to get on the field and get off. Quick, yeah. quick downs or quick, um, quick plays. But that's really going to be the key because the longer they give Aaron Rodgers to, to pick him apart, the more they're going to pay for it. Dude, that's it. We ran through the games. We've done our pigskin pick them. Everybody get ready for Thanksgiving because it's coming at you fast and uh, there's going to be a whole lot of turkey and football to savor. Um, Shaka, any uh, any thoughts before I do our sign-off? Um, I feel like, I think we covered the spread in terms of uh, fantasy pickups just because things have been kind of rough. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's it. I yeah. think we covered the spread. Tyler Boyd, if you're, if you're feeling... If you're feeling in the gambling mood, give him a go. Mike Gillsley, definitely pick up mm-hmm. because we don't know what's going to happen. I'm going to say uh, Wendell Smallwood for the Eagles. Yes, great call because Ryan Matthews is looking even less likely. Mm-hmm. And I um, think and uh, for some reason Chris Ivory is available on the on the waiver wire. Definitely. Uh, I, think it, I think that's it. All right, guys, everyone, thank you for listening. Thanks for uh, jumping in and uh, listening to a little Sam Sports podcast. Uh, me and Shaka breaking down week 11. As always, subscribe to my podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Like my Facebook page, Sam Sports Station. Follow me on Twitter at SmithFaceJones. Follow me on Instagram at Sam Sports Station. Or just email Shaka and I some mailbag questions. We'll answer them right here on the podcast. Sam Sports Station at gmail.com, S-M-A-S-S-P-O-R-T-S-S-T-A-T-I-O-N at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts. We'd love to hear uh, everything you have to say. And we just, hell, we just love to hear you shout at us and tell us you like football because uh, we love football too, as you can clearly hear from as much as we talk about it. Um, but on that note, I say happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Enjoy your turkey day. I'm sure Shaka and I will be doing much of the same But it is time for us to sign off. We'll be back next week to talk and break down week 12 of everything that's gone down in the NFL. As always, thanks for listening. We love you guys. We will see you next week. Bye-bye. See you guys next week. Happy Thanksgiving.